There we go. Good? Okay, okay yeah. yeah. Okay, that's definitely yeah. Have I just been shorting out and not realizing that I don't I've been shorting out? <laughs> I'm not sure. What the fuck ever. Anyway, welcome back to the For Film's Sake podcast, everybody. For Film's Sake. For Film's Sake. The 100th fucking episode. It's not a surprise to you, because um, you saw the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the 100th episode of our podcast. We've been doing it for, what, two years now? Almost two Almost years, two yeah. Years. yeah. I think it's two years and four, in two weeks. weeks. Four yeah. weeks, yeah, in a yeah. month. Yeah. So, fuck yeah. Two mm-hmm. years of this shit. Yes. So, I figured I'd, I'd... Every week, every week we've done this. We have not missed a single week. We have not. We have been late uploading, and that is entirely my fault. Uh, we got but, it out there, though. But we got it out there. We yeah. have not missed a single week. Nope. So, to celebrate, I reckon I bought sake. Oh, I've never uh, had sake before. You never had sake I before? I no. This is kind of a cheap sake, but right. it's got really smooth sake. Okay. And uh, I enjoy it. So, All I'm right. going to pour it. We drink it in shot glasses. We don't drink huge amounts of it. All right. So... Chris. All right. He's, uh, I'm going to demonstrate what's happening here if you can't see. Uh, Brian just poured the Shit. largest shot. <laughs> I did do that. Like it is to the rim. <laughs> to and the I did rim. not spill it. <laughs> no, so he didn't you... spill. He didn't spill a drop. Like this, That yeah. was some bartender skills. Like it's there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like it's my goddamn job. Yeah. So if you spilled that, that's on you. me. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. this is, yeah, it's very exciting. It number is. one show in North Carolina, by the way. Didn't know if you guys knew yeah, that. Yeah, number one show. I don't know if you knew that. I don't yeah. know if you were aware. You know now. Uh, but we've been the number one show in North Carolina for yeah. two years. For two years now. <laughs> Ever since we first started. Number one show. Ever since we first started. So, Chris, yeah. right. Masotov, whatever the fuck people say during yeah. this occasion. Lachayim. Cheers, Lachayim. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's pretty really smooth. smooth? Yeah. It is, yeah. It's not a huge percentage of alcohol. It's like 15%. Okay. Um, traditionally, you warm it up and like mm. you put a like a pot of water and you put it in a little container and you put it inside the water mm. and you drink it warmed up and people uh, have it with like dinners yeah. in Japan and it's fucking delicious. I mean, I've, I've heard of sake, but that's yeah. just my first time ever. Like, I'm going to have another one. I, I, I will as well. Your one? Cool. Sure. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Like why not? Like we, we how, many, how many times have we actually had a drink on, on the show? I like think it's five been like times? Ten. Ten? Ten, ten times, yeah. You yeah. brought beer a couple of times. At least four or five, yeah. When yeah. during that uh, that phase of that year that I drank every single day. <laughs> yeah, there was a number of times where my, my addiction was like um blurring into, into the, the, the show. podcast. Yeah. yeah. And I partook in it and yeah. I enabled it. So <laughs> cheers, massive tough, time. Yes. I I hope Jewish people don't get upset. Mm. Oh yeah. That's <sighs> that's good stuff. That it's is good, good stuff. So now that we've had our celebratory two shots of alcohol. Yes. Uh, let's do the ketchup. Ooh. Ooh, you guys, do you know what time we record this show? I don't know if they... <laughs> 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 because they're listening to it. It might be like 9 o'clock in the evening. They'll be like, yeah, I'll take a shot with them. You know, get, get a little drunk. Like, no. Um, it's, it's, it's afternoon somewhere. <laughs> it, is, it is 11 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, fuck it. We work at home. You're damn so, right. You know, you're lucky I'm wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, before we do any of the catch-up stuff, I do want to say it's been two years yes. of doing this shit. Mm-hmm. When we started the podcast, I expected it to last maybe two, three months before mm-hmm. one of us crapped out on it. Yeah, I was thinking 30, 30 episodes. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah. So I figure, I figure like that would be 30 episodes, 40 episodes. Mm-hmm. One of us would crap out, schedules mm-hmm. would get in the way, shit would happen, yep. life. Yep. Life would happen. Yep. But I feel like there's two things that happen. Mm. One of them, uh, neither one of us wants to be the guy mm. that fucks it up. Very true, yes. Yeah. And second of all, we just really think we got a good show. Oh, no, we do. And we, we love do. doing it. Yeah. We seriously do. <laughs> and, and it's just like we, we listen to podcasts. We're, we're, we, listen, we watch all these entertainment things. So it's like I need and you need. It's like I feel like all of us need really something, you know, yeah. through the day to get us through. And it's like I think this is a good enough um, 
show. Like, I'll listen to it whenever we put it out. So hopefully you guys Hell listen yeah. to it I listened, too. I've started listening to our show, too. Like, yeah. But I've gone listening to, like, the backlog. Like, oh, yeah. episode 20 or 30. Yeah. Because I don't remember those. Yeah. I laugh at my own stupid jokes. Hell yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like an asshole walking in my car, like, laughing at my stupid joke. But uh, we're fucking good. Fuck it, yeah. So I enjoy it. And, like, I listen to podcasts all the time. Same. And, uh, and, and and I genuinely, genuinely love the fact that we get the, the chance to do this show. Yeah. Because it started as, like, two people just going insane in their house, going, like, I need to talk about shit. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I don't, you guys know the story. That's yeah. literally the text. We need to yeah. talk about this. And two years later, I'm sitting here with, like, what has become my best friend. Yeah. And my most honest friendship. I'll, same. Uh, I, believe, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, we don't pull back any punches. No. Uh, and we do it <laughs> most of it on the mics. Yeah. So yeah. we have a record of our friendship yeah. that dates back to two years. Yes. And I think that's amazing in its own right. It definitely is. And I love the fact that we get to do the show, and I love the fact that our closest friends listen mm. to us, and I love the fact that we have this amazing, incredible outlet that can turn into like a real big platform. For definitely us. so. And it's 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 generally like one of the things that keep me sane. Yeah. Doing the show. The, the weekends that I went to Seattle, we didn't record for like two weeks. Yeah. By the time I got back, I was like, like angsty and energy. Yeah. And I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And then I did the podcast and I was just like, oh, yes. I'm relaxed. I, I, I got to scream at a microphone for yes. an hour and a half. Very cathartic. It uh, is. Yeah, it, it is. And I fucking love it. So thank you for sticking it out. There was a, something, the show. There's something we talked about like earlier on in the, in the podcast. We were like, if there was ever to be a movie about the podcast, it wouldn't even be about the podcast. Right. It would be about the friendship that was formed because of it. Hell yeah. Uh, if, if we made a doc about it, it would, yeah. be, it would be primordially about us, like what happened to us as yeah. people. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We got a good dynamic. Oh, definitely. Number yeah. one show in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Right? Suck our own dicks for a little bit. <laughs> I, I like to hear like um, <laughs> things that, that I've said or you've said from uh, earlier episodes <laughs> yeah. and then go back and listen like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> you know? Like, what in the name of hell kind of opinion was that? <laughs> you know, t- I was like, whoa. That's happened to me a couple of times. It's me too. It's like fucking Shit. Suicide Squad's probably my most drastic one. Jonathan called, called us out on, um, on, on episode like 17 or 19 or something like that. He called us out for saying we didn't like Civil War and we didn't care for Civil War. And he was like, what now, guys? What the fuck now do you have to say? <laughs> I was like, oh, my shit. It's all backpedal. Like, what do you want? <laughs> People change their minds, man. Yo. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. Uh, yeah, man, two two years is a long time to be doing anything. I'm surprised most people do anything daily. Yeah. And so to get up and, and th- my favorite part, genuinely, apart from the friendship, is that yeah. it's a movie a week. Every week. It's a, maybe in several, because yeah. sometimes we have episodes like this one where we do two movies. Yeah, what was the uh, the John Carpenter thing? John like, Carpenter, that was yeah. four movies. Yeah, yeah. Several movies a week, every yep. so often, at least one movie per week, we get to sit down and watch. Yes. And not look at it as like a watcher, but mm-hmm. look at it as like someone that I want to learn about this movie. Yes. I want to know what this movie's about. Yep. And I think that's so valuable. That's something that I never would have gotten otherwise. Because yeah. like... It's a thing in conversation where people talk to me and say, hey, what do you think about this movie? Yeah. I can genuinely and honestly say, oh, I think this, this, and that yeah. because this, this, and that. And yep. part of that experience comes from sitting on the microphone and talking about movies every week. I like that we have it all documented. You know, because, like, I mean, you've seen a number of movies before we started the podcast. I've yeah. seen a number before we started the podcast. But it's just now that any movie that same movie that I seen two years ago, I might not remember my exact thoughts and exact yep. opinions, but go back and listen to episode two, you know, <laughs> there you, go. you know, or episode three, four, and five. It's just I love that we just have it so many episodes documented. It's one thing knowing that you did it; it's another thing proving that you've done it. Absolutely, and I, mean, I love that. 
And I, I, I just, I love the output. I just love mm. the fact that it happens every week and it yep. comes out every week and you can listen to it every goddamn week. And the people listen to it. And the pe- yeah, the people, pe- that's actually, insane. On, um, on Jonathan's episode that I was listening to back on like episode mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12, 13, like early, yeah. he was like, um, so congratulations, Jonathan, like um, 17 people listened to your episode. <laughs> he was like, whoa. It was like, yeah, seriously. Because I mean, like when we first started, it was just like me and you. Yeah. And like, we don't have like uh, sponsors and money that's being pumped through the show no. so, or, or a way to advertise it. So, I mean, it's just, it was me and you, me you would listen to it. Some of our friends might listen to it in the yeah. first two or three weeks, you know, but it was 17 listens that we were very proud of, Yeah, you know, and it's just still, even the number of listeners that we have now, extremely proud of. And it's just, it, it, it makes me happy, I guess, just knowing that people can enjoy in the experience that we're enjoying it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It, it's definitely like those 28 to 35 people that listen every week. Every week. We are eternally grateful. Yeah. Because like every time I see that number, I go like, oh, fuck yeah, someone listens to Yes, it. and, and it's, it's the difference between mm. the um, like the 25 and the uh, the other number. Like there's um, there's like 25 to 30 people, like you said, that mm. listen every week, every Tuesday. Right. Like all the time. Like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll download the podcast and I'm like, how the hell is 11 people already <laughs> yeah. heard this episode that just came out a couple of hours? Hours ago, right. I upload those bitches morning. at like midnight, yeah. so they come out at four in the morning, three yeah. in the morning. People still fucking listen to them. Six a.m. I get up. I'm like, mm. eleven people have listened to this already. So it's like, shout out to like the the people that are listening to it day one, like the twenty five to thirty people that are listening to it that day. Yeah. you know that's we love that. So I mean, that's you guys make up. the world go round, man. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, two years. Hopefully, there's many more, and yeah. hopefully. More people get to enjoy in that day one listen. Yeah. Because I think I think it's something special. Yes. I think sitting down with like people that you enjoy listening to movies mm-hmm. in a car on your commute or whatever, I think it's something nice. Yes. And I fucking love when like my favorite podcast release an episode. So hopefully you guys feel the same way yeah. at some point. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Two fucking years. We wouldn't have honestly gotten half the feel that we had if you guys hadn't oh, no. listened. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. yeah. So you guys matter. Thank Th- you. Thank you guys so much. Like we can't individually thank every single person at this point you yeah. know because we're going to leave a lot of people out but um but yeah thank you guys seriously yeah, absolutely and like twitter and even twitter interactions have gotten a lot better yeah oh yeah and and just talking to people it's fucking crazy it's yeah. crazy the amount of like support that we've gotten from the, the small number of people that follow us yeah and, and, I, yeah. and I dig it i do too Same. so thank you guys here's for two more years yes and for Another hundred episode in the next year. Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> well, another fifty years, like fifty episodes in the next year, I guess. Yes, it'll be a hundred, another hundred in two years. Yes, that's how it works. Yeah, math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's do the catch up. Let's yeah. catch up on some shit. You have been out of town for a bit. Oh yeah, I went to uh, to Wilmington on uh, Saturday morning, early Saturday morning, nice. and uh, just got back here. Oh, he's Brian is uh, pouring uh, I, another I, shot I, of sake. Dude, I love sake. Like so. this, this this may be the first time that yeah. I ever I've ever gotten drunk on the podcast. So that <laughs> might be something for you guys here. Oh, yeah. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna get dicey, guys. <laughs> it's gonna get fucking dicey. Cheers. Shit. Cheers. I am. <laughs> God damn it. I'm not even Jewish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, yes. Yes. It's good. It's good. Oh, fuck, yes. It's really good. Oh, man. That's probably my favorite alcohol, sake. Oh, man. I'm going to be so fucked up in the movies today. <laughs> I'm going to see a disaster artist uh, after nice. this today. 
finally are going to be able to see that. But like I said, I was, um, yeah. I've was i been in uh, Wilmington. First time in Wilmington, North Carolina. Anybody from North Carolina, I mean, if you've been there, like Brian was telling me, it was like, it's beautiful. Oh, it's a lovely town. It's yes. fantastic. It was really, really nice. The food was great. The people, now this is my biggest takeaway from there because yeah. I came from um, an area, Mount Holly, Stanley in North mm-hmm. Carolina, and it's very country, country as shit. And... Um, what I would notice is like you have black people and you have different you know versions of your black people and you have your white people and you have different versions of that. That was all black or white. There right, was really yeah. nothing else besides that. But um, within those white subgroups, you would have like the um, the upper class uppity white person, right. and then you would have like the the redneck uh, white person. You know, with the the tractors and the the trucks right. and the the um, what's the flag? The rubble flag. You know, type of stuff the, in the background. Uh, rubble flag. Yeah, yeah, the, the Confederate the flag, Confederate, Confederate yeah, 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 Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. Um, the, 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 that's the redneck, and then you have the hillbilly. And anybody, the, is the hillbilly a more liberal version of the redneck? See, the, there's a show called Ozark, yeah. and there's a white guy who's very offended by the differences <laughs> because he's a hillbilly yeah. and he hates rednecks, <laughs> hates the rednecks. <laughs> you know? So, like the hillbillies, you don't have really have anything to worry about. The hillbillies, right. the hillbillies, like they, they live where they live, they take care of themselves, they take care of the land, like there's no racial shit going on with the hillbillies. Yeah, they chew tobacco, they clean their shotgun, and they go to sleep. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I got to Warmington, and I just noticed, like, that all was gone. Like, they, they didn't <laughs> have that, because everybody was just beach people. Right. It was all beach people. You know, so I was like, all right, they don't have the hillbilly or redneck or anything like that. You have your upper-class white people that you're always going to have. Upper-class, no, just upper-class people. Right. I feel like in, uh, in, in Warmington in general. And then you just had everybody else that is just a part of the town. And I really felt like a part. Nice. I really felt, it, it was it was awesome. It also it, it also helps that it's like that that town of Wilmington is like right next to the university. Yes, it is. It's like yeah. five minutes away. Yeah, it's there. And I I, I I had a friend that graduated from Wilmington, and we oh, nice. used to go visit her. Yeah. Uh, like once or twice a year. Mm. Uh, the beaches in Wilmington are lovely. Oh, they yeah. are so much fun. Yes. We ate. I don't know how like what part of the beach we were in, mm. but the part that we were in had a restaurant that has a dock that overlooks the sea. Yeah. And it's kind of like a seafood, surf and turf kind of restaurant. Yeah. Fucking delicious. I bet. <laughs> it's I bet. amazing. Seriously. It's pricey. Yeah. And it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's like a little, there's like, uh, there's like a little like strip of like the coast. Yeah. Where it's just like tiny little shops. Yes. Going down and there's like a that sunken ship that people. Yeah. Are, like, oh, that's, 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 exact, that's exactly that's where I was where at. Yeah. There is a French cafe. It's a French bistro. Yes. It's called La Cantine or something like that. I can't yeah. remember the name, but I, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. French bistro. Mm. That fucking French bistro. I was just like, it's gonna be some faffy bullshit. Mm. I walked in there. Yeah. And I ordered the tomato soup mm. with like the cold cuts meat and the grilled cheese. Yes. With like some chocolate mousse. Mm. Man, that chocolate mousse was the best huh. single hand, like single handedly the best chocolate mousse I've ever had, Ooh. hands down. Ooh. Sometimes I'm sitting in my couch and yeah. I think I should go to Wilmington to get that chocolate yeah. mousse. <laughs> That's some damn That's good mousse. how fucking good yeah. that fucking chocolate mousse is. Nice. It's delicious. It's like silky and decadent and yeah. they serve it to you in like a little espresso cup yeah. and they have like a tiny spoon and then you just go like with your big ass meaty fat hands. Yeah. You just go like, mm, and then you and just it shove it in up. your fucking mm. face. Yeah. Ah. That sounds good. That sounds <laughs> so pretty awesome. Good. The ha- one of the happiest days of my life was when Louise got sick and couldn't LC have Pills. her mousse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She got sick and couldn't finish her chocolate mousse. Yeah. And I got double chocolate oh, mousse. Oh, yes. For the price oh, of yes. one. Hell uh, yeah, Louise. Go ahead and get sick. Thank Hell you, yeah. Throw up. <laughs> <laughs> she, was <laughs> she was actually like violently ill. 
we're celebrating that <laughs> because it was good chocolate mousse. It was some damn good mousse. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What do you want? <laughs> but I love Wilmington. It's, yes. it's a great place. What did you end up doing? Did you just like touristy around? Um, we did a uh, we did a cruise so we could see uh, the different battleships and everything. Uh, we, we went on a battleship, and I, I brought my camera, and I got a lot of good shots on there. Nice. Um, came back at uh, like 5 a.m. And, you know, it was just like foggy as shit and dark over the water. Like super and, Stephen Kingy. Yeah, like I was able to get very good pictures with that. Because like my girl, like, well, not specifically my girlfriend, but like a number of people there. It's just like, what is the point of having a nice camera when you have an iPhone 10 or an iPhone 8 and a, a very nice iPhone that can take <laughs> very nice pictures? And you don't understand in low light situations, a phone is not going to do shit for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just no, really not. It's not. You know, you can take good quality pictures. Like, yes, iPhone can take very good quality but pictures. Can, yeah. But low light situations, it's just like the lighting issue. You know, like, yeah. no, come on. That, no. I, I use a 50 that opens up to 1.8, which I would, I wish it would have, like, asked me to borrow it. I didn't think like, about it at the time, yeah. Because, uh, like, 1.8 is amazing I bet. for photography. Yeah. Your, your depth of field is, like, bullshit. It's, mm. like, so tiny. But yeah. It's mm, so yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> But that, that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I didn't get to go on the cruise ships. I always went to the beach. Yeah. And I went to like bars and, and mm. the cafe, the French cafe, which yeah. became a tradition by the yeah. second time we were there. Fucking good ass mousse. Shit. Just fucking, their tomato soup, dude. Yeah. So good. Man. So fucking delicious. We, uh, I want to go back to Wilmington. The, the, the only, the real thing that happened there besides like the visiting things, mm-hmm. it was like a, um, uh, we put like another staple into our relationship. Oh, really? Which is really nice. Because, I mean, it was, um, you know, we're Did you guys like in. bang in public? <laughs> uh, it was like the opposite of it, actually. <laughs> It was the opposite. I don't know why that's where my mind went. <laughs> like honestly, like we were we were on the way back uh, mm-hmm. today. We we're just on the on the road, and I was like, "Yo, like if if circumstances were a bit different, and I didn't have to get to the podcast, I'll pull this car over and show you what was going on in these bushes right now." <laughs> like, but um, but, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I would have been okay yeah. if you texted me that, and then just went like, "I'll be an hour late." <laughs> <laughs> if only it took me an hour to achieve an orgasm, <laughs> like fifteen minutes, bro. <laughs> I don't need an hour. I don't need an hour. Fair enough. I was giving you credit. Yep. I don't need. I was giving you an end to like boast about your your stamina. Nope. If I if I can't get it done in fifteen minutes, it's not going to get done. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not going to get done by me. Domino's Pizza delivered by fifteen minutes or it's free. Yeah, yeah. You might as well find somebody else to for service because like I'm not gonna. If if fifteen minutes isn't going to cut it, then I'm not going to be able to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but like we put a staple in the relationship from like actually like communication, like from me realizing how old relationships broke up from like lack of communication and me wanting different things in a relationship that I wasn't getting and then not talking to that person about it right. and then just harboring resentment and then letting it build up and build up until there's that explosion yep. and I can feel it from my side and I can feel it from her side too that neither one of us was really coming to the other person with the grievances so you know that while we were there like I just laid it all out I let her know everything about the relationship that I wasn't happy with what I would want more from her and right. then in turn she was able to give that back to me nice. you know so I mean it's I feel like we've put a, another staple in there that's gonna Hold it together. together. Yeah, yeah. For, for at least another couple of days. Is that what? For at least another. No. We're going to need to have another chat in like five days. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. after that, we, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why they call it staple. Cause it, yeah. It holds shit together. Holds it together. Yeah. Never thought about that. Yeah. One, of those, one of those American things that yeah. made no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, fuck yeah. Congrats. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. What, what about you? I've been just like going to work yes. and then... You've been working a lot. Yeah. Well, I work every weekend now. Yeah. 
um, from Thursday to Sunday the last two weeks because yeah. Star Wars came out. Yep. And that was a big fucking deal. Oh, and yeah. then they decided, hey, you know what? You're going to work all of those days. Yes. <laughs> Which was amazing because mm. I make a lot of good tips. Yeah. Um, but fuck me. My feet hurt. I bet. So it's the same the same deal this weekend. I don't know what their fucking deal is with scheduling, but mm. they got me working all fucking day. You working tomorrow? I'm working tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas Eve, yeah, man. Yeah, which, uh, whatever. Um, but it, I've had a good time working at the bar. Yeah. And my feet hurt. It's exhausting. I've been writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I'm working on a, on a pilot right now for a TV show. Oh, shit. Uh, that they brought me on as a writer. Yeah. And I've, I've completed the first draft of the episode, and yeah. now I edited it. Or is it, like, are you making for spec, or is it like a brand new... It's like nothing? a brand new original concept. Oh, brand yeah. new pilot, nothing's mm-hmm. ever been there. Nice. Yeah, it's, and, and I, 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 I don't even want to say what it is no, on, no, no, on the no. show. Yeah. Um, but it's working in a pilot. It's an animated comedy script. Hey. And we're working in it with two, like, one old friend that I worked with, like, back in the day when I did YouTube. Yeah. I say back in the day like it was like, like two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was a press A to play, right? Yeah, press A to play. I actually watched yeah. that. So, I mean. <laughs> nice. Well, he was my first co-host. Yeah. Uh, and so, I'm working with him and his YouTube buddy yeah. now. And we're getting this thing together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wrote the first draft. And yeah. now it's getting to the point where I'm doing the second draft. And shit feels like it's coming together. Yes. So, I feel like a writer. <laughs> I, I looked at you as more of a writer when I read something that you said on Twitter. And I was like, only a writer has that thought. <laughs> and it, like seriously, it was that was. it was that you write something and then you read it and you realize that you your writing is full of shit. <laughs> it's bullshit. Like seriously, and then you 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 read you redo it and then you're like, okay, it's not as shit, but it's still right. shit. <laughs> you know, and that's the only way that you can actually get to something meaningful in it is just revision after revision after revision. revision. Yeah. I, I have this thing against writing advice because most writing advice mm. glorifies writing mm. to the point where they they it looks like this mystical thing. Yeah. That only happens when you like channel H.P. Lovecraft and like talk to Cthulhu. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not. It's not. Not at all. You sit down on a computer and then you cry as you write because mm. the words aren't coming to you. Mm. And then it's garbage. Yes. And then you read it and you go like, I shouldn't be a writer. <laughs> and then the next day you do it again. Yes. That's what write. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. It's nothing special. Yep. Every writer that tells you that their job is like super special, punch them in the fucking face. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> they sit on their computer and they hit keys for a living. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Just do it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hate writing advice. Because <laughs> most writing advice is just like, oh, you just got to bleed on the page. Mm. It's, uh, y- yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you mm. do. You write your feelings on the fucking page. Uh, but sometimes you just got to fucking write it out. Yes. You just got to write out the scene where a dog gets hit by a truck yep. and you have no idea why it happened, how it happened, or when it happened, mm. but it fucking happened. You just have to write it out. Yeah. Fucking. Mm, just continuing mm. to write. Yeah. yeah. Writing advice is bullshit. Just write everything that you got to write, vomit it out, and then you read it and then you criticize yourself. Yeah. And then you write it again. Yep. <laughs> That's the only thing. You just got to have the energy yes. to write it again. Yeah. And then you got to do that again for like seven more times. Over and over and over. Like Until you, it feels good. Yeah. If, if you're able to be your, your own like harshest critic, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's something that's amazing for a writer. You know, so you can get through seven revisions and you've criticized this shit all the way down to nothing. By yeah. the time you give it to someone like Lon or, um, you know, someone within the industry, they're yeah. going to do the exact same thing, but it doesn't feel like, oh, fuck, I'm a failure. I don't know what the fuck yeah. I'm doing because you've already been doing that to yourself from the, from the get go. You got to learn how to like shit on yourself. Yeah. And you, and, and writers have to stop taking themselves so fucking seriously. Yeah. We are not special. No. <laughs> we are not. Sure, we want to tell stories, and some of us are really good stories. Sure. But Hemingway wrote like seven books before he wrote a good one. 
Yeah, he did. So, he wrote a lot yeah. of shit. He wrote, yeah, he, he wrote, wrote a lot, lot of shit. shit. Yeah. So there's still good writers today write garbage. Like J.K. Rowling's got rejected by like 15 publishers before yep. she got published. Yeah. It's just write. Just vomit it out. I think that the, the thing that separates the, the, the successful people from the, the non-successful people are the ones that continue to do it. Yeah. Like I can't think of many people that have done worked on a craft for 10, 15, and 20 years and is just a complete failure. Nah. Like, like that kind of resilience is a win in, in itself. Now, mm. Even a bad writer mm. that's working in the industry has been doing that shit for 10 years. Yes. And Seriously. even a bad writer has a product yes. that they can say, I wrote that. I did that. Yeah. Uh, I made that happen. That came out of my mind. Yep. I vomited out on a piece of paper. Yeah. And now you're fucking watching it. Yeah. Even a bad writer can say that because sure they stuck it out. So uh, anyone that asks me, like, I, I don't get asked for writing advice often, mm. but everyone that tells me is like, hey, what do you do to write? It's yeah. just like I, I get frustrated a lot. Mm. And then I... I angrily hit my keyboard that's yeah. what i do yeah um <laughs> like the the only thing like I, I would get that like i guess seven or eight years ago when i was really into like writing for music mm -hmm. and the only advice besides doing it over and over and over again is writing from a place of truth yeah you know it's like if you're writing some some shit that you have no idea what you're talking about I'm like i'm not about to write something that has anything to do with quantum physics or you know like things that i don't understand yeah. because it's not coming from a place of truth so anybody that's reading it won't be able to identify it yep. you know because it's bullshit you know so it's lo like seriously so yeah, as, no, long as, as long as you're writing from your own truth then anyone reading it will be able to identify that this is a real thing. Yeah, even you know? if you have to work in your craft mm. like endlessly to get to a point where it's readable for other people, yeah. at least people recognize the level of authenticity that is in that writing. The work ethic, and yeah. That, and that is important. Yes. That's really important. Yeah. So that's that's mostly what I've been doing. I've been working on that pilot for like a week and a half now. Nice. And I finished the first draft and I am edited the second draft and mm. I'm going to type it up soon. And so that's going well. Nice. And hopefully we can pitch it soon. Yeah. And if that gets made... I have a job. That would be pretty fucking awesome. And if I have a job, uh, I'm fucking fantastic. Yes. I can pay bills. That's money, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is money. Like, we were, we were, I was listening to an old episode where we were talking about, um, like, yeah, I have to, have to steal cable and have to steal, like, I can't afford to do anything, yeah. yada, yada, yada. But now <laughs> it's like, it's not like that now. Like, I can afford cable and I can afford yeah, Now you can things. afford the $20 a month for Netflix. <laughs> Now that the movie Bright has sucked major dick. I want to hold off on that. I want to hold off on, on that just because, like, Bright, like, all right, because you, you heard, if you heard last week's episode, I preemptively, like, shit on, on Bright, you mm -hmm. know, because you gave, what was it, $90 million? You know, it, was, it was 60. 60? 60, $60 yeah. million dollars for, a, um, for, for this movie. So I'm like, why did, do you really need that much? How about you just fix a script? How about right, you make, write yeah. a good script? You know, so um, I started watching. I only got to watch 45 minutes of it. But um, those 45 minutes that I watched, it was, I wasn't like, um, like I, if I read the things on Twitter and it was like, this movie is by far, hands down, the worst movie of 2017. Yeah, which it's not. It's definitely not. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know yet, but it didn't yeah. seem like it was. Like from those 45 minutes, I was like, all right. The same with what you texted me with too. It was like, all right, where is that $60 million? It doesn't look like a $60 million movie. Not, not from what I've seen. The only thing that I could see where they put money in is like around 35, 40 minutes when the brights actually kill someone, then their body's like glowing from inside and it's like right. you got to see some some really cool stuff on screen and I like the um, the concept of bright that um, did, how far did you get into it? I got about the same time, the same length as you did maybe yeah. like 10 minutes more okay. than you did. Um, 
here's my take on the movie. Yeah. I think the script has a lot of potential. I yes. think it's a good script. Uh, me, same, me too. Yes. I think that whoever directed it, which David Ayers. The, David Ayers. Yep. <laughs> you remember that episode where I talked about Suicide Squad? Yeah. And I said that it was good? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a David Hayer fluke. No. Yeah. David Hayer's just not a good director. I don't think he is either. He, yeah. he, he just doesn't know how to present things interestingly. Yeah. He's just bland and Very much. sort of depends on like a stylistic choice mm. for the entirety of the script. Yeah. So Bright, like it's a good script. Max Landis wrote it. Yes. And Max Landis is a good writer. It's a script. It has so yeah. much potential in that script. Like what what I loved about it is the um the, the whole concept of Bright. You know, you're you're born with this um, inherently powerful ability, like a wizard, you know, yeah, yeah. of sort or whatever. So you have this power within you, but it's, it's laying dormant, you know, somewhat. But until you touch this wand, either your power is actually going to come to fruition, and whatever power is laying dormant in you, you're going to be able to uh, to use that now, or you're immediately going to be disintegrated yep. upon touching the wand. You know, so it's like it put me into like the um, real world thing like mm -hmm. where there's no such thing as magic or wands or anything like that it's just the you the person the nine-year-old that feels like you're destined for something more mm -hmm. you know but you're afraid to actually go out and do it because of failure right, you know right. and, and and the other person that that they think the same thing but and they go out and do it you know so it's like I don't know, that's, that's the way that I looked at it, you know. So you have a 50-year-old who always believed that they were destined to, to be on Craig Kilborn and, yep. and Jimmy Fallon, but it's just the fear of failure stopped them from doing anything so they won't touch the wand. Right. You know, but it, I don't know, that's, that's what I liked about the script, like the potential for it. See, what I liked about the script is really the setting. Mm. I think the setting is brilliant because it's a fantasy universe that's set so. in modern times. Yes, it is. And I was just like, oh, fuck, that's interesting. I want to know how that plays out. Mm. I want to know how the race relations play out yes. once... You got orcs, orcs and, and humans, humans and yeah. fairies and like all this other bullshit happening. Yeah. Like that to me is really inherently interesting. It is. I like the idea of the wand. I like the idea of it being like a nuclear weapon that grants wishes. Yeah. I like all of that. <laughs> yeah. I really like all of the script. Yeah. Like all of the story elements Script's are great. okay. Yes. But the fucking directing yeah, is it's just not... plain boring and not good. Mm -mm. It's not offensive. Not offensive. It's no. not offensive. It's just not it's, good. It's not the room. It's not directed good. Yeah, it's boring. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't speak good. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is, it's true. It's not directed good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's directed boringly and mm. blandly and sort of just like mass appeal direction. Is, is Will Smith getting into the Denzel Washington territory as far as like what I was talking about? Stop giving me the same performance here's the thing i like will smith in it mm -hmm. but i think i just like will smith that's, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah it's, it's will so smith. i think you're right is he like how great of an actor is he like we've seen him in seven pounds and um there was another movie that he did was like an indie indie movie or whatever but for the most part like it was, it's, uh, he did uh pursuit of happiness pursuit of happiness yeah. yeah that's the other one i was talking pursuit about of happiness yeah. is one of my favorite will smith the, movies. both of those are very good yeah. like he showed that he has some some range and he had his very first movie, uh, Six Degrees of Separation, yep. and that's a he does a very good acting in there. But ever since then, like Independence Day and Wild Wild West and any Will Smith movie you can I think of, I feel like after Independence Day, we saw Will Smith doing the same kind of role. Ever since, yeah, yeah. for and the most part, for the most part, yeah. you, you had the flukes like Hitch and yeah. Pursuit of Happiness. Yep, but for the most part, he plays just tough black guy. Yeah, and and that's okay. I mean, that's I like right. him in that role. Yeah. Um, 
but it's not as interesting anymore. Nah. Not at least not for Will Smith. No. And I love Will Smith. Will Smith is charismatic. He's awesome. I really fucking love him. Oh yeah. But I think they didn't use him to like the extent that they could in mm. the script. Mm. And that's the problem with the, the the movie in general. It's like sixty million dollars. Yes. That doesn't look like sixty million. Not at all. So my my assumption is that at least like half of that went to like special effects. Yeah. Because special is very special effects heavy. And then the other half went on like no, 20, not 20, 90 million. It was 90 it million. It was 90 million? It was, it was 90 million. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I was about to say 60 million because the other one was 50 million. So I'm like, no, this one was a lot more. Well, 90 right. million, almost 100 million dollars. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. it. It genuinely looks like someone took like 60 million of those dollars and then just paid all the directors off and then yeah. used 30 million dollars to make the movie. Yeah. And uh, which is, I've seen directors do a lot more with like $5 million. Oh, yeah. And it makes me sad because I, I think I have potential. I mean, I mean, I, let's watch the rest of it. Maybe yeah. the last like forty-five minutes is nothing but like CGI special effects and garbage. But at least you see where they put the money. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> my pro- my biggest problem is the way the script is presented because mm-hmm. I see where Max Land Max Landis wrote Chronicles. Yes, I like. And Max a lot. I like Chronicles a lot. I like the movies he writes. So yep. I see where he's going with all these beats. Yeah. But I think that him not having any directorial input. Yep. Fucked up the movie yep. from the script. So it's not offensive. Definitely not the worst movie of 2017. No. It's a forgettable movie. It's probably the worst movie that everybody knows about. Right. You know. Because if they made such a big deal of marketing and yeah. they're like the fucking nine, that's going to be the downfall. Yep. Because they market it so heavily. Yep. Um, but uh, it's not offensive. No. So if you want to watch it, you might have a good time with the concept. Yeah, a lot of people Just like it. make sure yeah. to know that it's David Hayer and he directed uh, Suicide Squad Fury and another movie that didn't do so well. Yeah. <sighs> David... He did that. He yeah. did that shit. Yeah. Um, another thing that I watched, because I watched like an hour of that. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I watched was The Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, man, tell me. Holy fucking shit. Mm. If you want a good movie. Yes, I do. <laughs> I really do. If you want to go see The Shape of Water, like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it is so good, so enjoyable, so whimsical and fairy tale like yeah and it, it, that's Guillermo del Toro's thing he did Pan's Labyrinth he did uh, The Orphanage yeah uh, Guillermo del Toro is fucking fantastic as a director like all, only thing I've seen so far is the thing that you've told me about from on Twitter or mm-hmm. posted on Twitter and um, memes of people comparing it to uh, Old Greg the fish man that came out of water and fell in love with so another Greg. man I'm old Greg <laughs> <laughs> just because of the fish thing yeah because yeah. of fishing but yeah. the, the movie because it's a weird movie it's mm. a movie about a woman that falls in love with a man fish yeah what yeah. the fuck yeah but the movie is presented a so merman racing. a merman yeah oh because yeah, yeah, man they, fish is yeah, yeah. the <laughs> racist term for merman <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I apologize to the mermen that might be listening. Yes. Call them damn man fish. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Shit. They call it the M word back at Atlantis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. It's a really good whimsical fairy tale of a movie, mm-hmm. and it's and it's gorgeous. And nice. Sally Hawkins. I am in love with that performance. Sally Hawkins? Sally Hawkins. She's the main lead. Who is yeah, she? What has she been in? Uh, I don't know what else she's been in, but she's apparently been around for a bit. Um, but she plays the, the mute girl in the lead. Uh. And she does such a gorgeous and amazing performance that I was enchanted by her the entire time in the movie. And if Sally Hawkins... I'm sure Sally Hawkins hadn't been in that movie... It would have not been that great of a movie. The only thing I know her from, I know her from Blue Jasmine, the um, 
the uh, Woody Woody Allen movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she was very good in that. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And I'll check her out. Yeah, she is amazing in this movie. Absolutely lovely. Hey. Uh, completely enchanted with her performance. I think it's my favorite performance that I've seen in like at least the last three years. Nice. She is amazing in it. Uh, the guy that played General Saad mm. in the Man vs. Seal movie, you yep. know who that guy, I don't know what the fuck his name is. Yeah. He's in this movie. He also does a fantastic job. Okay. And I don't consider him to be, a, I didn't consider him to be a great actor. Mm. Um, but he does a great job in this. Everyone, I mean, this cast is amazing. Wow. The writing's amazing. Yeah. The film looks and feels like happy and warm and nice. amazingly like joyous. Yeah. And it's, it's just a good, it's just a good movie. Hell Go yeah. watch Guillermo del Toro's Shape of Water. I think everyone should support that movie. Yeah, it is. It's it's fantastic. I loved every second. I was every second of it. I was just like, I'm into this. I mean, I, I have to see this because I mean, it's it's one of the better movies that's come out in 2017, yep. and we're having a uh, a top ten movies of 2017. And if I haven't seen this movie, then what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so. and, and this is this is this is fucking up because exactly what happened to me last year. Mm. Where it was just like I was sure of my top one, yep. and then some other fucking movie came along and just like, hey. Fuck you. Yeah. And then just slap me across the face. So now I gotta like reconcile my entire list. Yeah. Um, but Shape of Water, I entirely recommend it. Yeah. I am in love with that movie. Okay. We'll be blind the blue the, the Blu-ray immediately as it comes out. Nice. So that's my that's my recommendation of the week. Shape okay. of Water. Oh yeah. Other than that, I didn't really see a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't have I don't, didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, same. Yeah. Work and then this trip and then yeah. watching Terminator One and Two. Terminator, Terminator <laughs> One and Two. Watch yeah. both of those movies same. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, you watch them in the same day? Yep. What watch the? them back to back. Ooh, shit. I did that on purpose. I wanted to watch them back to back. Well, that actually, I think that's going to make for a very good conversation in the, yeah. in the middle, yeah. Um, that. But that's all I got to say. Yeah, same. Is that it? Cool. Yeah. We're done with the fucking, uh, what the fuck do we call it? The, the ketchup. ketchup. Yeah, <laughs> the ketchup. Listen, I've been drinking. Are, are you new here? Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> I am the replacement. I just happen to sound exactly like Brian. <laughs> yep. And happen to like alcohol. Oh God, as we're doing much it again. The old Brian. We're doing it again. Because <laughs> I have no self control. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. <laughs> and if I was an alcoholic, I would be dead in the first week of my alcoholism. Like this, this is Christmas Eve, so like this is, is this is fine. Like this is fine. This, like, this is let's a, let's do it again. Hachayim. Hachayim. Ah, we're gonna be oh. right back with the fucking. But. <laughs> <laughs> Terminator 1 and 2, let's fucking do it. And welcome back, Terminator 1 and 2. Hey, hey. Let's do it. Uh, The first one, the first movie we have, Arnold, it's uh, The Terminator. (laughs) It's a rated R, a a one hour and 47 minute runtime. It's an action sci-fi movie, came out the 26th of October, 1984. Um, a seemingly indestructible humanate, humanoid cyborg is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a waitress whose unborn son will lead humanity in a war against the machines, while a soldier from that war is sent to protect her at all costs. The writer-director is James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, and Michael Bain. Shout out to Linda Hamilton. She did a pretty awesome job, yeah. That's Terminator 1. That's uh, the Terminator. Okay, so let me just run this by you guys so you know what the fuck's happening. Me and Chris, Chris Mm -hmm. believes that Terminator 1 Mm -hmm. is a superior movie to Terminator 2. Uh, Let me me qualify it. Let me qualify this. I believe that Terminator 1 is the better written film, the better better film. The The better film. The better film. I think Terminator 2 is the better film. I think Terminator 2 is the more enjoyable film. 
Right. I think it's a better film. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> so what's going to happen is yeah. me and Chris are going to bounce each other off, yes. compare and contrast in Terminator 1 versus Terminator 2. Yes. And why we each think each movie is the most successful one. Yes. Well, not even successful because Terminator 2 is clearly more right, successful no. and clearly more enjoyable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Terminator 2 is uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It's rated R, two hours and 17 minute runtime. It's an action sci-fi thriller. Uh, it came out the 3rd of July, 1991. Nice. Big movie. Uh, the it's writer blockbuster, you yo, might call it. Hell yeah. Uh, the writer-director, James Cameron and William Wisher. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, and Edward Furlong. Uh, the rundown is a cyborg identical, identical to the one that failed to kill Sarah Connor must now protect her 10-year-old son, John Connor, from a more advanced cyborg. Yep. And that's that's, judge, that's uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Terminator 2 and Terminator 1. Yes. Um, I think uh, I, I, I think we should obviously start with, with Terminator 1. Sure. Uh, I think the opening to Terminator 1 mm-hmm. is fun, and it's it immediately kind of sets you back into the tone of like what kind of movie you're going to get. Okay. It's very obviously a mid-80s sci-fi movie. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, very yeah. obviously that. It yeah. doesn't concern itself with presenting, any other, presenting itself any other way. Nope. I like and the horror, honesty. Horror as well. It's. I would say it's horror adjacent instead of horror. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not. It's not definitely horror, but like the horror adjacent is where I remember watching it. It's like nine years old, mm-hmm. and every other movie that came on television that you're watching, you understand the tropes of how things work. Yep. You know. So like when you watch a horror movie, and then you see like teenagers, and they're all having fun and talking, and then someone is talking about sex, then you know that someone is about to die in this <laughs> horror movie. Whatever person is being sexual or talking about sex, that person is gonna die in the horror movie. Yes. You you know, so that's where you get the horror. Or whoever adjacent. has the least amount of clothes. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And that's that's something that you get early in Terminator. You know, the um Sarah Connor's roommate, yep. she's talking about sex with a boyfriend, immediately you're dead, bitch. Like you're dead now. <laughs> you know, because you shouldn't have been talking about sex in a horror movie. <laughs> you know? Should've known where you were. Should have known your surroundings. Know where you were. <laughs> yes. But um so ter- Terminator one, you got uh you got Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. at his peak, like the most uh, masculine, muscular, like a height of his career that he could have, well, not height of his career, but... Um, height of his career as an actor, I would say. Because as a bodybuilder, he had been, been out of that, yeah. Height of his career as an actor might have been Terminator 2. But yeah. height of his career for his body, then yeah, like he had come out of like Mr. Olympia and doing all this stuff. And I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, when they said the beginning of this movie, you're going to have to come out of this electrical field, butt-ass neck. And he was like, no, please. please yeah, <laughs> I want to do it. I want to be naked. He's <laughs> like, yes. Like he completely, like he wants that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here's my problem with Terminator 1's mm. opening. All right. Uh, it, I'm okay with the fact that, okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, the first shot we get is Arnold Schwarzenegger jumping into I the I feel like you're calling him a nigger. I, I, every time. Every time. <laughs> I'm so terrified of saying that man's name. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. It's nigger. 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Still sounds like nigger. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to it because we'll never be able to review this movie. (laughs) Stay on the nigger thing. So Arnold, (laughs) uh, our good old governor of California, jumps in butt ass naked on on the shot, and then he has his confrontation with the 
the fucking uh, punk guys. Yes. And he steals their clothes. And that confrontation is really good. Yeah. What I don't like about Terminator 1 that it does mm -hmm. is that you have no context. There's really no context for what Arnold is. Yes, that's what really I love. really no context about... What? Well, here's the thing. I'm sorry, I'm, let me get... I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because this is where I'm leading up to. Because you have no context for what Arnold is. Yeah. And you have no context for what Kyle Reese is. Yes. yes. So, and they both enter the frame in the, exactly the same way. Yeah. One of them is clearly human because he's in pain. But you have no idea like where these two characters lie in mm. terms of relationships. Yeah. So it takes about 20 minutes a movie for you to realize that Kyle Reese is not necessarily the bad guy. Yes. And Terminator 1 is not necessarily the, the good guy. Yeah. You know? Like that relationship is sort of vague. Why didn't you like that? Because the misdirection that happens at the club when Sarah Connor is getting rescued. That's the best scene in the movie. No, it is the, it's the best scene. Yeah. It's like it's the best shootout scene. Yeah. But the emotional content, the emotional context of that scene felt weird to me. That's why I liked it. Like the ambiguity, yeah. like she's looking one way at somebody that she knows is about to kill her right. when that person is trying to save her life and there's an actual terminator to her left that she's paying no attention to. Yes. Uh, first, I don't know why it just didn't it just didn't re like resonate with me. I, I didn't enjoy that misdirection. Maybe it's because of the context that I already know that Terminator is the bad guy. And I, that's that's what I yeah. well, that's that's the point I was going to get to in this movie too. Because like when if you're initially watching Terminator, you know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is because he's been on a few commercials and right. you know he's he actually made a few cameos on television shows as well. So it's like as soon as the movie opens, Terminator is the good guy. He's a human and he's a good guy. Right. If you know nothing about the movie, you know it's just you see Terminator, and then you see some other random white guy, and you don't know who's the antagonist, who's the protagonist. You know if either one of them are that. Right. You know it's just people coming from the past you know back and you don't even realize that terminator is a bad guy until he's just mercilessly killing anybody that he comes across and even with that you don't know that he's not human right still right. to this point you know? uh, I, I, you, I think you kind of get hints of the way he's presented sort of like his i don't think this is arnold arnold's best performance i think it's actually quite bad uh, at a performance i don't think we ever get a good performance from arnold though terminator 2 is a lot better Ten minute or two. Well, I, ten minute or two. I can call a good performance by Arnold. I can't just because it was good, but it was it was good because it was funny because of the comic relief. Like you're still acting terribly, but now you got a little kid that's feeding you lines. Mm. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> uh, I, I see what like you're a, saying, but you know? ten minute or one had the problem where Arnold was not because the Terminator served one job, and it mm. was to be the antagonistic force that's killing Sarah Connor. Yeah. But in turn, it was so, it was such a it was much more robotic part in the script. Yes, very much. And a robotic. much more like ma machine behavior. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That I I I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger quite nailed that. Yeah, right, you know what I'm right. saying. Yes. I feel like he bordered the line of like being a robot and mm. not being a robot too much in Terminator One. In Terminator Two, it makes sense mm. because they have the the scene where they take out his ship and they yeah. like allow him to learn. Yeah. So I was fine in Terminator Two mm. with him walking that blurred line of like human versus non-human. Yeah. Um, but for Terminator One, I think it, it's a disservice to the script because he's supposed to be this robotic, death-killing machine, and for the most part, he is that. Oh yeah. But there's moments in the performance. When you're just like, are you really like an all-killing robot? Like, Moments of the performance took me out of it. What was you? You thought he might turn good, maybe? I didn't think that, but I didn't. He didn't convince me as an as a killer robot. 
oh no, you got to yeah. stop right there. Hard stop. <laughs> Whoa, because he killed like uh, in Terminator Two, the uh, the new robot guy, the uh, mm-hmm. the cyborg uh, plasma whatever. Yeah, the liquid metal. Dude. Yeah, that, that guy. I mean, he's he killed a number of people, but yeah. not in the way that Arnold was killing people in the first one. Like it's point blank murders oh, yeah, on screen. Sure. Like the in Terminator Two, by the time this this guy is murdering people, it's not as point blank. You know, it's like they're trying to make a blockbuster for the movies and right. kids are going to see this. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a murderer. Uh, th- this is true. And the context <laughs> of Arnold in the Terminator 1, yeah. the context of the killings was much more violent. Oh, yes. But it's not the killings or, or the, quanti- the, like the quantifier of the killings. Mm. It's his actions as the killer. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like his lines or, what he, or how he talked or how he moved that didn't quite deliver me on mm. the killer robot machine from the future. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, like, it's, it's, it, it wasn't an issue of, like, like he killed more in Terminator 2 than Terminator 1. It was an issue of, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's body language and his whole, like, like performance mm. didn't convince me that he was the killer robot that the context made it out to be. So there was a bit of dissonance for me. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. It was kind of, I'm picturing, like, a... Um, like Posh Spice from the Spice Girls. And, you know, like, seriously, like, hear me out. All right, it's Posh Spice from I'm the intrigued. Spice Girls. Like, you're looking at her, but, like, she doesn't look like a killer human person or whatever, but then you've seen her kill 15 people. Right. You know, so it's like she doesn't look like this thing, but the actions are but saying But she's that, done it. Yes, it's very, this person very much is that. That's why, that's why I have a dissonance on Terminator 1, mm. saying, because I know that he's this killer, but when I see him on camera, in the context of not killing people, I don't think he's a... Is a killer. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to figure out yeah. because, like, after I seen him kill the first person, I'm like, all right, this is the villain. Like, Arnold isn't the good guy. Like, I thought he was going to be. You know, he's the the terrible person that's actually going to be killing everybody that he comes in in, in contact with. Yeah. The thing that uh, the John Connor has to show him why he shouldn't just. Yeah, terminate yeah. everything you know so in terminator one that was his full thing he's not trying to neutralize people just like take out a leg no. you know take no, out he's an arm. he's straight murdering anybody that he comes in contact with yep. and 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 i enjoy that about the terminator one movie hmm. where it doesn't hold back punches on the killing of the people Definitely and it doesn't. just kills everybody like they killed ginger they killed like every like three other sarah connors you remember that the, the older the first sarah connor the older white lady he yeah. knocks on the door sarah connor Yes, and then they show the, the red, uh, the infrared yep. beam or whatever on her, or laser beam with her on her forehead, just blows this old white woman in suburban Kentucky away or wherever yep. she's from, you know? <laughs> it's just like, that's, it's just, that's, that's like a visually, like that's a hard thing to see. It's just like you're asking a lot from audiences to, number one, your your top paid actor in, in, um, in Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a villain yep. and for you to accept that yep. and, for, and the type of people that he's killing. Because, I mean, in, in 1980s and 90s, like, if you're doing that to people, then it's unfortunately it's going to sound terrible. But you're killing black people whose lives don't have the same value, yeah. you know. And, and, and as, as as far as the perception, yeah. you know, back then, so you're killing an older white woman, a uh, presumably wealthy older white woman. Yeah, it's just hitting like uh, James Cameron was taking so many chances on that first movie. You're hitting people in the face with what the message that you're trying to get across. And I do kind of have to agree that it's like as far as Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting, you know, and being a robot and being that killer, um, maybe could it, it was better in, in, in Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to give that up. And, and that's what I'm saying, because like, like the context of Terminator 1 being a killer versus mm-hmm. Terminator 2 being the, like, how do you say, like, um, benevolent force. Yeah. I'm okay with, with those contexts. Like, I don't have a problem with the context. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, Arnold's performance 
serve the purpose of the Terminator 2 performance a lot much better, better. Yes. than it did the first one. Yeah. So like, yeah, he was a killer in this one and he did that shit. Yeah. Um, but I didn't quite enjoy his performance as much in Terminator 1 as in Terminator 2 where it just it just fit a little bit better mm. along the lines cuz he ha- he was crossing that line of of being robotic and not robotic in Terminator 2. Like the context of the movie yeah. gave his performance room to breathe. Whereas there, in Terminator One, there wasn't that much room. The like one thing that that still like I would rather I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna knock Terminator Two too much because it's not much to knock yeah. honestly. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite movies honestly. But the the one thing that I do think about every time I think about Terminator Two is the kid uh, John Connor. He is by far not by far. He's just one of the worst actors I have ever had the displeasure of watching on a screen. Like I was I was telling Tessa as we were watching it. I'm like get ready for this kid's acting because all you're gonna hear is. <laughs> you know, it was like he is a terrible, and it's like by comparison, he made Arnold Schwarzenegger make look like a um, uh, a better a serviceable actor. actor yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like by by comparison, like you might only, be right. Like you know, it's like, yeah. seriously, I mean, by that point, but it's like the movie is so sexy. Terminator Two is sexiest. Oh yeah, fuck, definitely a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's one of the more compared sexy to movies. compared to Terminator One. Yeah, Terminator One is definitely follows that same. I think Terminator Two is what. Aliens is to the Alien franchise. That's why I love you, man. You know what I'm saying? I've I, I literally said the exact same thing to Tessa. Really? I, like 100%. Like, yes. Uh, yes. It, I believe that Terminator is like Alien and Terminator 2 is like Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. And I can see that happening being the fact that both directed by James Cameron, yeah. Aliens and Terminator 2. Yep. He knows how to make an action movie. Yep. And he knows. But I think that the, 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 the Terminator, Terminator 2. R- really, Scott? No, really, Scott directed the first one. James Cameron directed Aliens. James Cameron directed Aliens. Yeah. Ah. He made, that's why it's more actiony. I didn't. I, I, this, yeah. That's my first time knowing. Alien. Wow. Alien was directed by Ridley Scott, yeah. and then Aliens was James Cameron. Huh. After Ridley Scott abandoned the franchise, because uh, Ridley Scott had a disagreement with the studio mm. and where they wanted to take the movie, so he left the project. Huh. And they brought in James Cameron. That's news. Wow. Yeah. Um, Shit. So uh, Terminator Two. I think, uh, I don't know which one came first. Maybe Aliens came before Terminator 2. I'll, I'll check, but go ahead, yeah. Um, so um, the point is, like, Terminator 2 as an action blockbuster, mm-hmm. that's what James Cameron knows how to do. Yes. James Cameron point, yes. is very good at that. Mm-hmm. So when he did Terminator 1, that's what he wanted to sort of do, yeah. I think. Like, he wanted to set that up. Yeah. But he was much more, he didn't have the budget to Not make the at massive set pieces that are in Terminator 2. Yeah. So I think, in, in fact, Terminator 1 suffered from the fact that it was the first one in the franchise uh, and it didn't have the budget that Terminator 2 had. That's why I enjoyed the first one more than the, the, the second one. Really? It's like what we were talking about last week is like, give someone that's very skilled at what they do half a million dollars and yeah. then see what they do and then give them $10 million and see what they do. And it's just, you gave him such a small budget with Terminator 1 and it's not in the visuals that you're so compelled by, it's the writing. And, right. e- and everything from Terminator 2, like the reason why I can't say it's like a 90 overall or an 85 overall like it's a legit like 9.5 for me and yeah. Terminator 1 is like a legit like 9.798 for me yeah. is because not only did you use the source material that was given to you on the first movie and you you it's like you did something different like you you flipped it on his head with the uh with the villain now being the, the person hero that, the hero yeah. of, of this movie um you, you I don't know it's like you you didn't make you didn't give me the same thing like you actually flipped a few things that separated yourself a bit from the source material yes. and continue the story Terminator Terminator 2 was really fresh as yeah, a movie it was 
uh, when you look at it from 10 minutes or one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really like an entirely different. Like it, it is set up yeah. and, it, and it, 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 it took a lot from it. Like um, the come with me if you want to live. Like that's, Reese, <laughs> that's Reese's line in yeah, Terminator yeah. 1. You know, then you have the exact same character flipped, you know, in yep. Terminator 2 doing the same thing. So it's like you're taking a lot from Terminator 1, but you're also adding enough of your own freshness for me to be like you're not just completely just Recy- giving me the same thing. Recycling. recycling. Yes. Terminator 1. Yeah. Uh, true. What I, what I meant by saying that Terminator 2 is an entirely different thing, yeah. it's just that it's, a, it's an entirely different approach. To what would be the same storyline. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, because when you go from Terminator 1, which is genuinely this sort of not psychological horror, but it's just like 80s sci fi with like psychological horror elements on yeah. it. Yeah. Where people are questioning, like, oh, what's humanity? Does humanity destroy itself? Yeah. It's a very sort of dystopian setting without ever getting into the dystopia. It's kind of like the setup to the dystopia. Yeah. So, I enjoy that about Terminator 1. My only issue with Terminator 1, and this is my biggest issue, mm. is that I think that it's a story so ambitious for being the first one of a franchise yes. that it suffered because, as, especially now as the movie gets older, mm. the visuals do not age well. I yeah. have to disagree a bit. Just, yeah. all right, now, and this, this is why. Now, watch Terminator 1, and you watch both of them back-to-back, yeah, so back-to-back. You, like, you, you can see the stark contrast. Mm, for sure. And, and they're definitely Even the is. lighting is entirely different. It, it, it honestly is, and mm. I, I can't disagree with that. But the point that I was pointing out is when I watched it is 1984, and then you see like the beginning of uh, the beginning of Terminator, and you see the skulls and how dark it is, mm-hmm. and then these tanks rolling all over everything, and whatever kind of special effects you're using in 1984. Those are miniatures. So that's a miniature set. Mi- oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And um, and you've seen that a lot in uh, the miniature sets in yeah. um, in Terminator 2 when the, the the trees are blowing over and the right. bomb or whatever. A lot of miniature sets. But um, but the thing the things that you see as far as special effects and and the, the technology they're using in 1984, we're seven years removed in, from that. Yeah, seven years mm-hmm. removed. And it's not like the technology looks that much better. I, I don't I don't think it's about the technology looking better. I think it's just better implementation mm. of the same technologies. Okay. Because like in, in Terminator One, when you would see, when you see that scene and the Terminator machines um, killing shit and shooting at people, yeah, you could definitely tell that it was a miniature set yes. composed with a matte painting. Oh yes. And it didn't look bad. It no. legitimately doesn't look bad. Mm. It just doesn't age. Well, but what about Terminator 2? Like that scene where um, she's having like a flashback where she's holding onto the fence yep. and then the, the nuclear explosion goes off and then you see the wind or from the explosion pushing everything and then you see these fake little palm trees that bend over sideways. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, come on. I, I, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that Terminator 2 didn't have the same like similar traps. Yeah. I'm just saying that they managed to execute it a little better. much better in Terminator mm. 2. Because like in Terminator 2, the effects convinced me a lot more. Mm. Whereas in Terminator 1, I was saying, like, that's obviously a miniature set. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying that the technology changed drastically apart from the CGI. Yeah. What I'm saying is that going from, like, having a smaller budget in Terminator 1 and having that ambitious story to tell, yeah. the visuals took a hit versus Terminator 2 had already a pretty big budget that could figure oh, yeah. out better ways to implement those same special effect techniques. So it's it's not a matter yeah. of like this one did it better than the other. Yeah. So the limitations of each movie yes. allowed them to flourish yes. in that regard a lot better versus a lot lesser. You know. Do you feel like uh, apart from um, if you had each script in your hand and there was never a movie made from Terminator One or Two? I would feel like Terminator Two would mm. not make sense if Terminator One didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's because I mean you need that source material to, yeah. to bounce off of, and on top of that. I feel like in Terminator 2, 
it was for the sexy. It was right. for the blockbuster. It was catering to an audience. Like mm-hmm. when, in the, and you kind of have to when you're making that kind of movie because oh, yeah, you got to sure. make your money back. Yeah. You know, like you can't kill the the 40 year old a white woman in, in suburban Kentucky in the beginning of your movie right. for a blockbuster. You can't do that. You, you have know? to kill the abusive stepfather <laughs> halfway through the movie. Yes, seriously. <laughs> you know, so you so you definitely have agenda yeah. uh, going going in there, and then you can't show some of the killings the same way, and you. Definitely can't have Arnold be a bad guy now, yeah, you know, because sure. because of you know politics. But Arnold, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so it's like you brought in some new guy that nobody knew then, and we still don't know now. No, yeah, I think be- that's the, like the only one of three movies he made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you bring bring in this guy to be the the new villain, and like I said, did, I don't think he. I, I, it's hard for me to say if he was a good or a bad actor. He was being a robot. He didn't yeah. have a lot of lines. Then you know, a lot of his stuff was just the uh, the CGI melting in the floors, coming out of floors. You know, just special Passing effects regrets, type stuff. Yeah. But yeah. him as a robot, like as a mindless killing robot, mm-hmm. I believed a lot more than in Terminator One Arnold's robot mm. because in Terminator One Arnold's robot, there was a hint of emotion in yes. like, the stuff that he did. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. And in yes. this one, there was very obviously, like, I'm just here to kill you. Yeah, he was emotionless. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that's why I believe this guy versus Terminator 1's mm. Terminator. Mm. Um, but in Tem- Terminator 1's Terminator needed that emotionlessness Yeah. for it to register as it. They're not having any ambiguity in which morality mm. Terminator 1 aligned with yeah. in terms of, like, Schwarzenegger's performance. Okay. Terminator 2, because this guy was so emotionless... And then Arnold Arnold had a hint of that emotion, mm. and Arnold was learning to be human. Yeah. I feel like it worked a lot better for that dynamic than in Terminator 1. Hmm. That being said, Terminator 1 is not a bad movie what by any means. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It literally has perfect scores across <laughs> air, like, lit- like not even, like literally perfect <laughs> scores. And it's like, I don't believe in a perfect movie, right. but, but it's just like... It's up there for me, like yeah. 9796 area. But I mean... Um, what was it getting to? Some of the stuff with, with Kyle Reese mm-hmm. and the things that I liked with the writing in, in Terminator 1 that they got to jump off on and Terminator 2 that made right. it that much better, you know? Like, um, what was the thing with Kyle Reese? We don't know who this guy is. Nope. You know, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Sarah Connor thinks he's a bad guy. Right. You know, so we don't know who he is at this point. So then eventually um, he proves to her that, you know, he's a decent enough guy. He comes from the future. He proves that. He proves that the Terminator is coming to kill her and then that it is a future, you know, that she's going to become a leader. She's going to have a son and that son is going to, you know, rise up and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, so at that point they set something up where if it's your first time watching it, it's like you don't know that that's John Connor's dad. Right. You know, you don't. You I didn't don't. know it was John Connor's dad. Because oh, turns good. out, mm. I watched a lot of Terminator. I mm. never made it to the part where they said where they fucked. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know it was John Connor's dad until last night. And and another thing that that I feel like was brilliant writing is um, you have a, a scene in the middle of the movie. And then you see um, that he has this uh, Polaroid picture, mm-hmm. and it's and it's like I always and he talks about it later before they have sex. He's like, um, I always looked at that picture, and I'm just like, what is she thinking about right now? You know, this mm-hmm. is the the future, you know, of the resistance. Like, what what is I'm looking at her eyes like? What? And she and he was like, you're probably around the same age as you are right now, mm-hmm. you know. And then by the time you get to the end of the movie, she's in a truck and she's pulling over to get some gas, and she's believing in the future and the Terminators and all that stuff. And she's sitting there at the gas station, and then a little kid comes up to her speaking Spanish, and she doesn't know. 
know what the fuck he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, I want to take your picture. You give me $5. She mm-hmm. was like, I give you four. Gives her the $4. She takes a picture. She takes the Polaroid. And it's the Polaroid that she eventually gives John Connor. That I'm John Connor that eventually Reese. gives Reese. And Reese eventually goes back to the past to have sex with her so John Connor can be born. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like tying all those things in there. So by the time you get to Terminator 2 and John Connor has the photo in the very beginning of the movie. Yep. You know, it's just like those things. It's like that That doesn't even matter, you know, in Terminator 2 if they didn't, you know, have that in the first one. Right. You know? And 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 that's that's when I agree that if Terminator One didn't happen, Terminator Two would be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I totally agree in that. I, I I and I love the time travel elements in Terminator oh, yeah. One uh, versus Terminator Two. They didn't really touch on not it as much, quite no. a bit. Yeah. Terminator One, that definitely more like, hey, we're from the future. What you do here is gonna fuck things up. Blah blah blah. blah whatever. But multiple time, like the future isn't set yet, and right. just because I came from this future, that doesn't mean that that is There's your future. future. And yeah. you know, I can come back from to the past, but I can't go back. Yeah. Nobody can go back. And I love the idea of having these people stranded in time. Mm. I love the I love the elements of like a, a human from a, a dead world entering yep. into the, like the life fish world. out of water type thing. Yeah, fish out of water element. Yep. I enjoy that. But the fish out of water element for More me too. was actually um, Linda Hamilton's character, Shire Connor. In the first one or the second? In the first one, okay. Linda Hamilton yes. told more fish out of water than yep. Reese did. More, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was okay with that yeah. because in the context, we were all just enforcing in the, in the sort of plot that's happening there. Yeah. So she's, out of, she's a fish out of water in that context. Yep. What I didn't like about Terminator 1 mm. is that a lot like... At some point, maybe like halfway through the movie, yeah. it really sort of abandons that horror subplot it element. Does. Yes, it does. And then it becomes the action, the action thriller movie type thing, yeah. that I feel like it wanted to be from the beginning. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So for me in Terminator uh, 1, there's a switch in tone mm. that doesn't quite agree with what I wanted the story to go. Uh, you know, I, I I get I get it, and that's that's something that I see too. Like that's it's a hundred percent there. Like there is that tonal shift within it, but I also think that they needed to, or have a better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger. But but you you needed to have that kind of horror adjacent element at the beginning yeah. to establish exactly how powerful and how um just how evil this Terminator character is. Right. There's, so it served its purpose. The horror plot served its purpose. Yeah. I just wanted it to be sort of carried out until like the last confrontation. Instead, it stopped about halfway through the movie. There was, there's a line from Kyle Reese, and he's saying, listen to understand that the Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead yep you know so it's like we as soon as we get that line like he's already killed a number of people and that's when we get into the action thriller you know type of uh, area but it's like i kind of feel like they needed to set that up or just have a much better actor you know than special yeah which i I mean yeah i I agree that the horror saw plot served this element about halfway through the movie yeah and you could just jump straight into it in terminator 2 right you know you don't need all that shenanigans because you've set it up you did it already yeah um so so I, I think really and partly part of what I don't enjoy about Terminator 1 mm. is that it's, it's kind of a setup movie. It is. For Terminator 2. It definitely is. Um, and like setup movies leave a bad taste in my mouth when yeah. I watch them for the most part because I know that they're setting up for something that I'm going to get much later on instead of just giving me information that I need. Mm. Like for like the beginning of Terminator 1, it takes like 20, 25 minutes for me to get to a point yeah. where they're giving me information yes. and I'm not just assuming things. Yeah. Which is fine when you're going for a horror plot. Mm. 
Because you do not, you do need to not know what's not happening. Know. Yeah. So you get that surprise. Yes. But when you force me to 25 minutes of movie mm. and then give me 10 minutes of like that horror subplot mm. with information from that horror subplot and then you switch it to an action thriller, a I feel a little cockteased. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, like I said, I thought it was, I thought it was a horror as a yeah. kid going into it. And then it turned into science fiction. Right. You know, I love science fiction. So like the cocktees, I wasn't like, what happened to the horror? Because I don't care about horror in the first place. Right. You know, but it's like, I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't spoil anything for me there. It, it, yeah, I can see that. My, my issue is like with the psychological elements. They mm. just kind of got abandoned. Like mm. what happened with Reese being out of time, uh, Sarah Connor having to sort of reconcile the fact that her life is dependent on whatever happens in the future. Mm. And, like, her life is a mess of tangled timelines. Mm. Like, those psychological aspects, I feel like they were set up at the beginning of Terminator 1 mm. when we were seeing all these people interacting in a way that we weren't quite sure. Yeah. And then they gave us 10 minutes of, like, this is the Terminator. He's going to kill you. Run. I'm going to help you live. Yeah. And then just completely abandon all of that sort of character um, thought mm. process, you know? Huh. That character development, mm. which happened in an entirely different way. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Okay. And I'm saying characters didn't develop, yeah. but they set up a way of character development and then they abandoned it for another one. Hmm. And and that was weird to me because it was it was discongruent with the type of movie that I thought I got for the first 40 minutes. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Like I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hinder it for me. Like I couldn't take points off from it because I still enjoyed it thoroughly. Right. But it is kind of a bait and switch. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Know, like yeah. And 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 I and and that's my problem with the bait and switch from the from Terminator to Kyle mm. in the bar or the club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's the root of that. I just don't like bait uh, and switches. Okay. That don't that I can't see coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or bait and switches that are not set up to be. Sort of like the, I feel like the movie didn't give me clues that there was going to be a betting switch. That I mean, that's I don't know. Like I, mm -hmm. I like being surprised. Like I don't like when um like we were talking about the Last Jedi, mm -hmm. and we're not going to go into this. But, yeah, for sure. but but it was it was just like okay, I know what's happening. Don't you don't have to give me this scene over and beating me over the right. head with something. So it's like I would much rather be completely surprised and have to go back. It's like if if there was even an inkling of foreshadowing that what happened was going to happen mm -hmm. then okay you you got it you know yeah. what I'm saying like you did you're masterful in what you're doing but if you don't give me any kind of foreshadowing even the smallest hint that right. I might have looked over the first three times watching the movie you know but if I can go back and watch it again and they'll be like okay no they advertise this right you know so then I'm like okay no good writing I'm sorry I just it was just I so just small of a moment yeah. yeah I just missed it yeah for me I don't know maybe if I watch Eminem or one again I'm, I'll get a little bit more clues mm -hmm. as to that like bait and switch of character development yeah. but the like watching it last night i didn't get that i get you and it was it was it left a bad taste in my mouth because yeah. i like my filmmakers to set up everything that they do at the end mm -hmm. to From be set up at the beginning yes i agree Same. i, I yes. enjoy that structure Seriously. it doesn't have to be obvious it no. doesn't have to be i don't even have to know it yeah but like donnie darko is a good example donnie darko does that very well yeah i don't know what the fuck is happening throughout donnie darko yeah. the first time that i'm watching it yep but I know that they set it up at the beginning and they paid it off at the end. Yeah. Terminator 1 didn't do that for me. They set it up at the beginning, they paid it off in the middle, and then switched genres. All right. And, and that, that was a weird thing. Whereas Terminator 2 mm. is totally consistent. Oh, yeah. And not only totally consistent, but, um, how do you say, narratively constant. You know what I'm saying? Would you, would you say that it's cheesy at all? I would say there are moments that have become cheesy in current narratives. Mm. Because like we've used them so much since Terminator Two, mm. 
but at the time of 10 minutes or two, I wouldn't consider them cheesy. Uh, I guess I kind of agree. What's like, a cheesy I was, moment for you? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to look at it and not look at it retroactively. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, but when Terminator 1 came out, like I, I know I, I remember being in first grade and second grade and saying hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. And I wasn't having the argument of, did you think that was a cheesy movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> because as a person in second and third grade, it was like, that wasn't cheesy. Yeah. You had someone that was my age that I can identify with in this kid. And then you have this Terminator person who was a murderer from the movie that I just seen a year previous. <laughs> you know, So it's like now you have, it's like it, 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 was, it was cute and fun. Fun and relatable. It, it made Honor the Murderer relatable to me now, right, you know, yeah. because of this kid. But um, I guess watching it now, yeah, it's a bit cheesy, but I can't take away points because it came out in the 90s. And for the time it happened, mm-hmm. like that wasn't cheese. It was actually kind of cute and fun. Yeah. And that was actually, and that's a, that serves as a moment because that's after um, they switch his computer chip mm-hmm. and it's had to be able to learn. Yeah. So that's a moment of a kid who's that's his method of communicating, that's his language. Yeah. Trying to communicate with this thing. Oh, so yeah. for me, it doesn't come off as cheesy either. Um, but I can see why it does. It's one of those moments where it's like the, the action one-liner. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end, he goes like, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. Like that action one-liner. Yeah, that's, that's cheesy. That's super cheesy. But yeah. in 10 Minute or 2, that's been the tone of the movie. Mm. So I can't say 10 Minute or 2 feels cheesy. Mm. I can only say that works derivative of 10 Minute or 2 feel cheesy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There, there was a, um, speaking of John Connor and Terminator, when they were together, there was one of my favorite interactions between them was um, uh, John Connor was asking the Terminator, was like, are, are you ever afraid? Terminator, no. Not even of dying? No. You don't feel any emotion at all in one way or another? No. I have to stay functional until my mission is complete. Then it doesn't matter. And then John Connor, the person whose his, his mother has been telling him all of these stories about the future and who John Connor is going to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And then his mom is placed inside an insane asylum. And then he's become resentful of his mother for being a crazy person yeah. and not believing in any of that. And now he realized that everything his mother told him is true, yep. that he's going to grow up and lead the resistance and yada, yada, yada. And you see that parallel between the Terminator and John Connor. And with um, Terminator saying, no, I have to stay functional until my mission is complete, then it doesn't matter. And John Connor was like, yeah, I have to stay functional too. I'm too important. Yeah. And that's like, fuck. Like that, you, those are the emotional chains of that like movie. That's, that's my favorite part of, of Terminator 2. Like that emotional tie between those two is like, this kid can't even have a life. He can't have anything. It's just, I have to stay functional, you know, until, so I can get to this point in history so I can save all these lives. Yeah. You know, like I, I enjoyed that, that part a lot. Yeah. And, and that, was, that was also part of like why Terminator 2, I feel, was more consistent because Terminator 2 set up that is there a difference between this machine that can learn how to be a human mm. versus this human that has to learn how to be a machine? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that little parallel between them, I think, made the movie for me a lot more, like, I, I want to say psychologically active, but mm. it, it, it gave me something to think about where Seminar 1 didn't really do that as much. You mm. know what I'm saying? Okay. So I felt more interacted, and in, like I interacted more with Terminator 2 mm. than I did with Terminator 1. Okay. <clears throat> it, it, the, uh, there was another thing said about Kyle Reese 
in uh, in Terminator One where he wasn't in Terminator. No, he wasn't Terminator Two. It was in one scene. Yep. Yeah, it was a, just barely. It was, but a dream. He was in it. Yeah, yeah. But um, he had he had a, a line. You know, she seen the um the laser that was on his, his forearm, mm-hmm. and he said, "This is burned in by laser scan. Some of us were kept alive to work loading bodies. The disposal units ran night and day. We were that close to going out forever. But there was one man who taught us how to fight, to storm, and to wire the camps, to smash those metal motherfuckers in the junk. He turned it around. He brought us back from the brink. His name was Connor, John Connor, your son." Your unborn son Sarah mm-hmm. and it was just that type of thing is just you're coming back from the past and or, excuse me you come back from the future you can't come back from the get well I guess you can't come back from the past if you're but, Morty yeah I'm from, not Marty Marty you're Marty not Marty. <laughs> Marty McFly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez um, <laughs> fuck that up the uh, the the idea of of just humans mm-hmm. taking other human it, it just it reminded me of the Holocaust. That's the first. Yeah, that's thought. definitely a parallel. Yeah, I saw. yes, exactly. Yeah, it, that's that's that was my point. There is the Holocaust of just humans just loading bodies after bodies, and we're just all being terminated and executed, you know, by robots. And this is the future that he's come from, and trying to fix that. Yep. And do we do we get that? I, I didn't feel the threat and the urgency as much in Terminator Two. Like I, I felt it was a urgency of Skynet and preventing technology, I guess, from the ultimate future. But it felt like the urgency of Terminator One was like, if I don't do this right now, then the future is over right now. I think Terminator One had a broader sense of urgency. It felt I, like it. Uh, sort of like if Kyle Reese fucks up, then we're all fucked. Yeah, Kyle, yeah. If Kyle, Kyle Reese dies and Sarah Connor dies and John Connor dies, yeah. and everything is automatically over right now. So yeah. that had a sense of urgency where it would affect the entire timeline. Yeah. Terminator 2, however, I feel had a similar sense of urgency, mm. but it was reserved to Sarah Connor and John Connor as characters. Most, mostly just John. Mostly John. Because yeah, like the, the Terminator had a number of times where Sarah would like just try to defend John, mm-hmm. and normally it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like Sarah, Sarah's right, like, fuck Sarah, like the main objective is John. Like you right. can kill Sarah, but John's already alive. Yeah. You know, he's already been born. And that, that was his prime directive, and it's yeah. like keep John alive. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like the urgency because Terminator Two is really a much more intimate story mm. than Terminator One. Terminator One has really uh. broad concepts and broad consequences, right. but Terminator Two, the only thing that that Arnold has to do is keep John alive. Yes, that's it. Right. So it. the movie really becomes about the interaction of those two characters. Mm-hmm. And the interaction of those two characters with the antagonist, which is not the antagonist, the villain. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so like, the movie is really just a triangle between those three, Terminator 2. Mm -hmm. So it feels a lot smaller in consequence because we're not seeing that big, hey, the future is fucked. Yeah. uh, Concept that we see with Kyle Reese because there's no human from the future. Yeah. It's all all people from the past presuming what's going to happen in the future Mm -hmm. based on what they know. Yeah. So like that story ends up being a lot more intimate in Terminator 2, Mm -hmm. which is why we wouldn't get that same sense of urgency. The only moment that I see that sense of urgency happen is when Sarah Connor breaks into Miles' house, the guy that's retroactively, he's how he said, he's retroactively engineering the computer ship from the old Terminator. The only sense of urgency that I got from like, you have to stop working on this or else the future will die. Yep was from the moment Sarah Connor breaks into that guy's house mm. until the end of the movie. I got you with so that. So that's about Same. halfway on the movie. I agree, yeah. Which I would have maybe liked to know that that would have suppressed and threatened in the beginning, but because we're so focused on establishing John Connor as a character yes. and establishing his relationship with the Terminator as a character, yes. I feel like we're okay. And because these characters didn't know about the computer chip that Miles had no. up until a specific point in the movie. Mm. So I feel like I'm okay with that 
point in time where the movie diverges into that sense of urgency. Yeah. Because the audience didn't know that was a problem until that point in the movie. The by, by the time it gets to that point in the movie, for me, it um, I feel like they go so hard in order to um to satisfy so many broad a broad audience mm-hmm. that a lot of that takes away from the script yep. for me. You know, so this hour this this movie is two hours and seventeen minutes. I mean you could a have cut too long. It's, it was I mean it, maybe you can cut seventeen minutes, yeah. but like I said, those seventeen minutes was just to give the funny between Arnold and and uh and John. Right. Or to have Arnold just do some more little quick witted things or just to give you more action and more flashbacks and more it's like my my problem I guess my biggest problem with uh, Terminator 2 is um, just gratuitous sexiness and action for the point of satisfying the viewer and not for continuing the story and for you know adding anything to the actual story. I will be inclined to agree. You know? a, lo- a lot of those chase sequences were a little too long. Mm. They didn't really have a point until yeah. like halfway through. Yeah. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. Like, like if yeah. you make this a two-hour movie and cut like some of the faff, then I'll have a hard time. I still might say Terminator One is better just because it's the jumping-off point. Yeah. But I would have a very difficult time. No, that. yeah, no, you know definitely. I, mean? I I agree. I agree that Terminator Two is a little too long. A little bit. I agree yeah. that I could have done one. Of the, like we had a lot of time with Sarah Connor at the psychiatric hospital. Yes. That I feel like we didn't need. Didn't need all that. Um, it was fun. It yeah. was nice, but we didn't need it. Yeah. Um, my the my favorite thing that Terminator does, uh, it's, apart from it being a little bit more cinematic. Mm. Oh, a um, lot more. Term- are you yeah. saying Terminator 2 or Terminator, Terminator 2 cinematic? Yeah, way more. Yeah. Yes. The moments where like you, you had a slow motion moment followed by a dramatic reveal yeah. of something. Yeah. Those I enjoyed. Did you, you didn't like that in Terminator 1? Did that happen? I didn't catch it in Terminator 1. The slow motion moments by the dramatic reveal, it was in the, um, the uh, this is the parallel, because they do the, the exact same thing in both movies. Mm-hmm. And um, in Terminator 1, they uh, they go in, in the club when Reese and Terminator are looking for him, are looking for Sarah Connor. Oh, yeah, no, you're That's right. the slow motion, the reveal. And then at the uh, the psycho- the psychological hospital, whatever, Terminator mm-hmm. and John Connor are on the elevator. And before, she, she's running away from the, the mm-hmm. straitjacket people, and then it goes in a slow motion, and then he slow motion steps out of the elevator with a goddamn shotgun pointed in the air. Kind of freaks out. And she she stops on a dime and mm. still sliding toward more accident and just tries to get away. And then she hears her son who was like, "No, mom, it's okay. Stop!" Like, but mm. no, she ain't got time to hear none of that because if there's a Terminator that she had seen killing everything, then she knows that that's not her son. That's yeah. another Terminator, right? <laughs> you know what I'm so it was like she's out of this. It was like I like that that reveal too, and the fact like I was saying earlier, them doing flipping it on his head of the Terminator that you were afraid of that was going to kill you and everybody now else. Him. Now he's helping your son. He's just his best friend. <laughs> no, that's just, just his best friend. It's the Iron Giant. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm gonna kill this Terminator now. Let's do it while we can. You can't trust him." And the son yeah. is like, "No, get the fuck out of here. This is my friend. I need him. You need him. We need him." Right. You know. And I, I, I now that you mentioned the club scene, the slow motion reveal of the club scene, yeah. that makes sense yeah. why that's there. Uh, Terminator Two used that so much again, sexier. Yes. Oh yeah. Because um, they did it in the they did it in that hallway scene. Yeah. They did it in the dream that Sarah Connor was having, which yes. is when they first set it up. That's one of my favorite scenes in yeah. any movies of all time is that nuclear explosion when she's holding on to the yeah. fence. Oh, God. I she doesn't that. melt in the first one. Not the first one, no. But she melts in the second time yep. it happens. Uh, so, like, when she has a nuclear explosion dream, that's probably one of my favorite scenes, Same. too. Um, they do that a couple times when he breaks into my favorite shot of the entire movie is Arnold pulling out the shotgun and, like, the rose is falling off. Oh, fucking yeah. love that shot. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody tells me, that is one of the best shots in any action movie that you're ever going to fucking see. Guns N' Roses, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. 
Uh, I fucking love that shot. Yeah. So uh, apart from Terminator to be more cinematic, mm. um, I, I, I the script is definitely a little more mm. lacking than Terminator One. A little, yeah. Um, but I think that Terminator Two, again, coming from the fact that it had the success of Terminator One, yeah. And it had a bigger budget than Terminator One. Much bigger. Could do a lot of things that Terminator One wanted to do, mm-hmm. but necessarily couldn't. Like for example, in Terminator One, there's a lot of shots where we have a fake Arnold head yeah. looking at itself on a mirror when he's peeling the special effects part. Yeah. Now I get the purpose of those shots. I get why they're there. They just don't look well. Uh, that goes the visual stuff doesn't like impact so much for me because like the movie Kung Fury like mm. I love that as it is but mm. then give them 500 million dollars to make the exact same movie mm. but make the visuals better and it doesn't make it a better movie for me no you're right you know um. so it's like the, the visuals in Terminator 2 were so much better than the first and it's it's, it's, it's just as good of a movie almost for me. Yeah. It's just the, the slight, a little bit long, and a little bit too of that uh, just feeding the fans, yeah. you know, for me. I'm into the idea of production value. Production mm. value for me does add a little bit of something. Okay. Um, because that production value sort of correlates with how well your idea translates mm. on camera. Uh, so that's why I think Terminator 2 is a better executed movie. Mm. It's a better... It's a better um, it's a more successful movie in the genre that it wants to be in because mm. it's more tonally consistent and narratively consistent. What happened? I, I looked up the budgets for both of these movies. Yeah. Terminator 2 has a smaller budget? Oh, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Like, what, what would you, what, how much would you think? Well, you won't have to do guessing games. No. But um, Terminator 1, $6.4 million. Yeah. Terminator 2, $100 million. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like that, that was my argument at the beginning. It's just like this is seven years apart. The technology doesn't appear that big of a deal. Right. And uh, 6.4, mon- I mean, $100 I mean, million. That's like, that's like a $90 million difference. That's like a $90 3.6 million yeah. dollar difference. difference. Yes, it's huge. And it's just, and you get the spectacle, it's huge and yeah. it's sexy and it's a blockbuster. But because you've taken a hundred million dollars, now you have to give like 20 minutes of that movie to cater to certain audience members. So you can make your money back. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I definitely think, I, I think in terms of story, Terminator 1 is much more successful at telling a story. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I just felt like some, some moments were just not executed as well as they could have been. Mm. And 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 in the moments where like I think my moments of like misexecution in Terminator One mm. would have just been solved had they taken another approach at making that scene. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like a thing that's fundamentally wrong with the scene. Yeah. I just feel like the choice that they made to represent that scene wasn't necessarily the best one. Because like if you know if you have a fake Arnold head and you know it's not gonna look nearly as good. Yeah. Stay a little further away from the camera. Don't right. make a close-up. Yes. Stay a little further away, and we get the same information. Yep. And use your close-ups a little bit more carefully. And instead of getting a close-up of him peeling the eye, get a close-up, get a wide of him peeling the eye, and then get a close-up of blood falling on the sink. That was an awesome shot, yeah. that blood falling into that the was sink awesome. shot. Like, yeah, that was nice. So yeah. use your close-ups a little bit more yeah. restrictedly mm-hmm. when you know your visual elements all right, all the way are going to suffer from being in close-up. That was my argument on, on the on Alien with Ridley Scott right. when they had the uh, the cyborg or whatever with half of his head on, on a table. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know that you can't ca- carry this off with the money that you have, so just pull back a little bit yeah. so we don't have to see how you know bad the, the prosthetics are. So I think temp- t- those are the visual elements that didn't work for me. I got you. One. Yeah. The ones where they could have realistically just gone like, just pull, pull back. back. 
and it looks better. Yeah. The lighting's really dramatic. Mm. So we're not going to see the entirety of the face. We're just going to see the hint of action. Yeah. The close-ups. We get the information. Move on. I got you with that. Those are, and, and those moments happened when Terminator was alone, uh, you know, sort of healing himself and doing whatever. They had one really cool shot in Terminator 1 mm. when he's fixing his arm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that looked amazing. It did. I yeah. love that. You move like the mechanical. He's yeah. moving the finger, then you see it within the arm. It was like nice. Fuck that. Give me a macro on that. That looked amazing. <laughs> yes. But on the other shots, definitely pull back a little. Yeah. And that's that's where I think Terminator Two mm. being seven years apart yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think did you Google Aliens the release that it was 1986. 86. Right? Yeah. So I feel like from Terminator One. To making Ailey ends yeah. and then making Terminator 2, yeah. we have a much more experienced director oh, yeah. that knows that restraint now yeah. and executes those moments better in the film. Yeah. So like the CGI, yeah, the CGI didn't age well, mm. but he used it sparsely enough yep. that it's not a huge problem because it's not based on the CGI. Mm. And he still used uh, practical effects and a lot of times in the movie. And so that, I feel, looks a better execution of knowing your limitations mm. Versus just going for the vision. And that's why I think Terminator 2 wins a little bit more. We just have a more experienced director. It, it, that's that's where I, where I uh, differ a little bit with uh, Terminator 1. Like, I'm going to give... I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 for writing and for directing. I'm going to give like an eight or so out of 10. But then when you get to Terminator 2 writing, I'm going to go like an eight or so for writing. But then directorial vision is like a nine point something. It's a lot better. So, I mean, it's... It just depends on what matters to you more in the movie, I and, and I feel like, uh, and I feel like, part of my argument is definitely, definitely based on like my personal preference yeah. of like what I like to see a director do versus yeah. what I like the ambition of the story to be. Yeah, because um, I I think that directors, like experienced directors, mm. um, can get away with a lot more oh, than they yeah. can with like non-experienced directors. Hell yeah, and that matters to me in a movie because. Uh, I feel like I lost my point, but I'm saying that like um, directors, once they know what their limitations are, yeah. they can work a lot better within them. Yes. And so Terminator 1 was definitely a great directorial effort. A, a very ambitious directorial effort. Right. Yeah. And it did well enough mm. for the most part that it didn't feel wrong. It's like reaching beyond your grasp almost. Right. Because you, didn't, you don't have the technology or the funds, but you have the ambition and the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So like right now, James Cameron is on Avatar. He can pretty much do whatever the oh, fuck he, he wants. Oh, he can do whatever right he now. wants to now. <laughs> yeah. um, but back then, mm. those big, grandiose visions yep. had to be pulled back a little. Right. And that's where I think most of the fault for Terminator One falls on me. Okay, it's not necessarily that it was written badly or mm. it was it was shot badly. No. It was just just really back a little bit and then see what you can do, mm. and then use that to use that <laughs> to get better. <laughs> 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 That was a hundredth episode, I guess. Yeah. I, we made it through like forty other. <laughs> <laughs> God damn Let's it! See. Uh, yeah. Do I have anything else for Terminator? Uh not much. Like I said, I, I if I if I'm ever gonna watch, like I might not watch Terminator One again for another five to seven years. Yeah. You know, but I'm sure Terminator Two is gonna be on in my house some point in the next yeah. 365 days. For sure, you Terminator know? One is definitely a harder watch yes. than Terminator Two. Oh yes, because you have to be much more involved to see what's happening yep. than Terminator Two. Yep. So for sure, Terminator One in terms of writing, yeah. hands on the best, the better movie. Yes. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the things that I think Terminator Two does very well, mm. not as great. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Terminator Two is like you can kind of you can match as far as blockbusters. Man. You can match Tom, Terminator Two up against most in, no against any blockbuster that has ever come out in the history of life. Exactly. Like it might not be the best blockbuster in the history of life, but it can match up with any of them. Yeah. Any of them. Now, when we're talking about the best movies of all times, not blockbusters, just the best movies. Yeah. Terminator Two isn't in that discussion for the best movies. Like right. you're not gonna say Terminator Two versus uh, The Shape of Water. No, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like the right. You know, but you can put Terminator up against any of the best movies. Yeah, within its genre. Yes. Definitely one of the best movies out there. Yeah. Um, within that specific genre yes. of action shows. Yes. Um, Terminator One, you could make the you could argue mm. that it would fit among much wider genres. Yes, it could. Yes. Um, and that's fine. I don't yeah. think I don't think that I don't think that distinction mm. gives any other movie more merit than the other. I think no, they're success, yeah, they're successful in the thing that they want to do. do. Yeah. Um, what I uh, what I do want to uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, Completely I mean, lost it. I mean, we're, Com- we're we're an hour in. Yeah, an hour in. <laughs> Completely fucking. It was in my mind. Yeah. I was gonna say it, and then it just went like, "Hey, you know what? You don't need that. Oh, fuck you it. don't That's need that thought. Go yeah. fuck yourself." Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what what would you give Terminator One versus Terminator Two? Uh, Terminator One. Um, like I said, I'm thinking about this not from my enjoyment level. Mm-hmm. Just From a purely as, like filmmaking standpoint, where you would review a movie, yeah, and just be like, "I am a critic." Yeah, what is this movie versus this movie? It still gets a bit subjective, mm-hmm. you know, because even when you do grade certain things, like you can grade, like I said, lighting, editing. I remember uh, what I was gonna say. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, that uh, to one, I feel like also suffer from me because '80s sci-fi, for some fucking bizarre reason, mm-hmm. has so many fucking audio problems. <laughs> audio. Oh, yeah. So many fucking audio problems. Mm-hmm. Alien, uh, Alien yeah. had the same thing. Yeah. I fucking loved Alien. Mm-hmm. I hated every fucking time someone talked in that movie. <laughs> fucking with a pat. I hated it. Yeah, I, I, the yeah. sound design in Terminator 1 mm. is serviceable to not awful. Great. It's not, well, no. I, there, there were some not great moments, no. you know, but as a overall, as far as sound, like I feel like me and you could do a much better job. Like not, not even joking. Yeah. Like seriously, then, then at nineteen eighty four with the audio quality there. Oh yeah, I mean, for sure. It's, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But, but the, that was my biggest. People would talk, and I would feel like their audio is very clearly overlaid on top of the vi- image, yeah. and I'm just like, what are you? Stop. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have that problem in Terminator Two. Yeah. So that might be a lot of why I feel like, and it happens to me with eighty sci-fi in general. Yes, it, they just didn't have the, the capacity yes. to make that happen as easily as they could have. Yeah, and but it gets on my fucking tits. Yeah, and it's kind of like like the old anime versus the new anime mm-hmm. argument. Whereas like old animation is very noticeably hand drawn. Yes, and like people, some people love it, some people fucking hate I it. I love that shit. Yeah, I love that shit too. Yeah, and audio, I fucking hate it. Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> I, that. I I can go back more than like. 30 years in, mm. cer- in terms of audio yeah. and not feel like something has broken. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I get you. I get you. Definitely, I get you on that. So I feel like it may have also suffered from that, yeah. in my opinion, like yeah. as, a, as an execution of a movie. The, um, uh, what, as far as like what I would rate these two movies, um, like I said, it gets a bit subjective because even when I do have a checklist of values of like one through five and then you do your checks of uh, cinematography and directing and editing and audio and writing, you know, do those checks. You know, I can do a, a one out of ten or a ten out of ten for each one of those 
yeah. different uh, categories. But within that, you still have your own personal value oh, yeah, system sure. of what those things are. You know, so it's like a, a writing. How important is writing to a movie for me? Mm-hmm. Even if it's a 10 out of 10, if the writing is objectively a 10 out of 10, is that very important to me as a movie goer? Yeah. You know, is if the directing is a 10 out of 10 as in a movie goer, how important is that to me? Audio, you know, just all the way down yeah, the board. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so with with Terminator, um, I would I would give it just because writing is more the most important thing to me in movies. Just because I like to think about the thing that yeah. I'm doing more so than seeing it is I'm giving Terminator a nine point six and Terminator two. Nine point five eight. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's as small of a discrepancy as you can get. I mean, really, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I really I enjoy Terminator Two so much more. Right, so much more. It's a much more entertaining film. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I for me, it would go like uh, Terminator One. For me, would get around the, uh, an eight. Ooh. Like ten minute, ten minute one gets an eight from nope. me. Nope, we gotta we gotta keep talking then because <laughs> there is no there's no reviewer in the history of review. Well, I can't. I don't know that. Yeah. That's true. But but just any like notable like yeah. uh, reviewers that I've seen that's going lower than like a nine in general. For me, ten minute one is a fantastic movie. I enjoy the movie a lot. Point something. Yeah, it's an eight. Oh, I'm gonna give it an eight. Oh. But I'm gonna give it an eight purely on. God on <laughs> damn it, Brian. <laughs> Terminator. Terminator is getting an eight from me. I love. I an eight is a very good score for me. That's a terrible um. score. <laughs> it's like would Schindler's List also get like a? a Hans Schindler's List. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a little girl that screams out Jews. That's all I know about that movie. <laughs> I mean, God damn. So Terminator, Terminator, but Terminator Two doesn't get a much higher score. All right. Uh, Ten minute for me gets an eight, mostly because it has really solid writing. Yes, it does. Has a really ambitious idea that yeah. I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah. Linda Hamilton is good as a performer. How, how did you feel? I didn't ask this earlier. How did you feel about a performance in the first one as opposed to the second one? I feel like the second ones were a lot better. Her and Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Linda Hamilton. I thought it was the opposite for her. Really? I thought her performance in the first one was a little more drawn back, and uh, the second one was a little more aggressive. And I mean, but the script dictated that it had to be. So, yeah, as well. for yeah. sure. I, I I liked her. More. I think she suited more for the aggressive role mm. than she is for the more passive. I like the passive. I I, I maybe it's something because I like aggressive women. Mm. I like aggressive women in movies. Mm. So like I I thought she did a better job in Terminator too. I, I like that that she was so uh, the passive woman that we knew was going to be the aggressor because mm-hmm. like when um when uh she, the guy uh, was it Kyle gets hurt or Reese get hurt mm-hmm. and then he's like that's a really good field dressing you know the foreshadowing of you are going to be a general on the field and this is something you're going to be doing all the time yeah. and she's like oh you like it it's my first one you know <laughs> so it's like this this passive woman that you just know that inside her is like that burning flaming you know leader of a general yep. inside and. I guess I guess that's part of the subjective thing. It's like I like to see unrealized potential as opposed to seeing this is what we've been waiting for. Right. Because after you get to that, it's like there's nothing else. Right. You know? Yeah, I can see that. I, I I just like I just like them having the same space as that aggressive persona mm. already in in a, in a film, especially like an action film like Terminator. Oh yeah. Uh, I I I I just think she did a better job in Terminator Two. Right. I don't really know how to put it. I just enjoyed her more in Terminator Two. I got you. In Terminator One. Kyle Reese, I I felt like he was tilted. In, I didn't quite in the first one. In the first one. Well, yeah, he was. He, he was only in the second one. For Fifteen like, seconds yeah. or something. Yeah. So like Kyle Reese, I didn't particularly enjoy his performance. Great. He wasn't great. Um, mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you already know how I feel his about his performance. His acting wasn't great. Uh, I feel like really Linda Hamilton brought in 
the performance that made that movie work. The first one, yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah. Um, but in Terminator 2, everyone has a much more rounded sort of balance in terms of acting, which yeah. makes it, again, feel a little bit more solid as a movie. Than- Except that... Arnold's acting still isn't good. The kid is terrible. And Linda is just being That's more why aggressive. I said balance. <laughs> it's like there's more yeah. people doing more things. Right. But like the acting doesn't go up much. But you know? Arnold Schwarzenegger, his like bad performance res- plays out well with the kids' even weirder yes. performance. Yeah. Because um, you can tell that they're on, kind of on the same level. Yeah. And they can feed off each other. Yep. Linda Hamilton can feed off the performance of like the the doctor miles baron whatever uh whatever his name i forget is. Yeah, i forget I'm the actor forget that. that did it yeah um but she can feed off of that performance mm. and so like people can you know they balance each other out yeah. and feed off of each other so i think performance in terminator 2 marginally better than terminator 1 yeah writing yeah. in terminator 1 marginally better than terminator 2 right. cinematography in terminator 2 better Way better than Terminator 1. Not way better. Come on now. Cinematography or like action shots? I include cinematography in the action shots. You know what I'm saying? Because I think it's part of cinema. The shots were very well designed to achieve a purpose. All right. That's what I'm saying. All right. And and, and Terminator 2. Terminator 1, still very good shots. Like he has no money to do this and he's getting very good shots. Like the the blood dripping in the water, the cutting the arm open. It's just like... The Terminator 1 just reminds me of, like, give us a certain amount of money, and then it's only going to look good if you know what you're doing. Right. You know, Terminator 2 is like, okay, this is somebody that knows what they're doing. Now here's a whole bunch of money. So it's like I didn't feel like the cinematography got better because of technique. It got better because of funding. And 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 that's a solid argument. I don't care about that distinction. Okay. I, I just think cinematography looked better. I got you. So it's better. All right. In my, in my, in my point of view. All right. Uh, uh, and also more people working on the same thing. It just it's just gonna look better. Yes. Um. So cinematography for me in Terminator Two is way better than Terminator One. Right. But in Terminator One, cinematography does its purpose. Yes. And it does what it has to do. Um. So it's not it's not bad cinematography. Mm. Uh. I think for Terminator One Eight, Terminator Two, that's gonna get like an eight point nine, eight point eight, somewhere like that. I don't want to give it a nine. I don't want to give it a fucking nine. Okay. I refuse. But it's on the same part of like. 8.5 to 8.7, like that range. All right. It's a very good movie. It's not a huge difference in score. Mm. Terminator 2 just executed everything that I think was an element in Terminator 1 mm. a lot smoother than Terminator 1. And therefore, I think, is the better film. Mm. But doesn't make Terminator 1 a bad movie. It just makes Terminator 2 a better movie. All right. I'm, I'm going to say the exact same thing, but the opposite of that. Right. So listen, <laughs> listen, listen to what Brian said. Yeah. And then take that to my opinion for Terminator 1 <laughs> as opposed to Terminator 2. Right. <laughs> so. I feel like the, the movies are so closely, like, so close to each other mm. that it's just a matter of, like, what you find important as a filmmaker it at is. this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I love that. And I love that. Mm. I, I genuinely loved watching these films mm. because I knew the things that you loved about the Terminator 1. Like, yeah. I saw them in Terminator 1. In Terminator 1, 1 yeah. I saw them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I know what Chris That's why he likes this, yeah. But in Terminator 2, I definitely went like, oh, I know why Chris doesn't like this movie. As much. As much as Terminator 1. Yeah. So I could definitely tell. I, I know where the split happens. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we've been talking over a fucking hour Whoa, for both we, of these movies. We literally did an hour. Yeah, yeah. An hour and two minutes. Sheesh. And 48 seconds as of right now. It did not feel like it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fun discussion. It's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting set of movies. Hell yeah. And then everything after 10 minutes or two is just garbage. T3 was all right. Uh, uh, oh, no, you're right. T3 T- was okay. Yeah, T3 was okay. Yeah, but after that, yeah. You can yeah. go fuck yourself after that. Uh-uh. Can I say, just quick mention about the score for 10 minutes or two? 
Terminator Versus Terminator 2. 1? Uh, Terminator 2 got like a 95 or so. No, 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 not like, like the music. Oh, music. the music score. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terminator 1 had the like... Dun, 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 and like the 80s much more, horror type, yeah. Right, but much more subtle. And then yes. Terminator 2 just went like... Dun, dun, Over dun, the dun, top. Dun. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's just like, oh, fuck. Okay, we're in some shit right now. Did, did, that, did that do better for you or worse? That did you, better for me. That was worse for me. I think it, it worked... Well, it worked for Terminator 2. Mm. I think and the scores worked... Both, well, yes. for like what their movie was. Yeah. Like I didn't want Terminator 2 to have the over, Terminator 1 to have, over. to have the over the top score that Terminator 2 did. Yeah. But just as someone that like the, the Terminator 2 score caught my attention mm. much more than Terminator 1. Oh, definitely. And I think it was because it was used more effectively because mm. they introduced us at the beginning with that score mm. and then they introduced us out at the end with that score. And because it was so over the top and there was nothing happening on screen when I heard it in Terminator 2, mm. it becomes much more iconic. And the Terminator One version, uh, yeah, no, it's way more iconic. Yeah. Way more iconic. The uh, the eighties score, it like I said, it just brought me back to eighties and nineties. And when I'm hearing this music, I'm like, okay, this music means that there's a threat and they have to hurry up, yeah. but they'll ultimately get away. Right. Oh, this music means that there's a threat that they don't know about, and he's around there somewhere, but they better watch out. Yeah. You know, and Terminator, like the 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 different sounds had different. It puts you in different places emotionally. Terminator Two, I feel like it was kind of a one note. Fast, hurry up, hurry, hurry, hurry. I think you're right. You know, yeah, I think you're right. Like, dun, 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 And it's like we had a little more subtle in, in Terminator 1. It was yeah. like, okay, this is this emotion. This is this emotion. But like I said, if you're watching Terminator 2 in the movie theater, that shit is lit. That's, yeah. a, <laughs> that's the one you're going to remember. Yes. It's going to be that one. Yeah, I, uh, yeah no, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. I think that's a very... That's, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but great movies though. Love yeah. Them. All right, so we're gonna cut. I'm gonna cut with the. We're gonna cut and go back to the television and movie premieres. Hey. <laughs> Fucking been doing that for two years. So I can get it right. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Oh, uh, we're right back, guys. <laughs> can I just say that Catwoman from 2004, as horrible as a movie as it is? Yeah. I enjoyed watching it so much. I'm dirty now. <laughs> I got a shower. <laughs> no. And I, and I, like, do you know how many orgasms I've had to Holly Berry? Oh, do God. you know? Like, I've seen that movie in the theater too, but no, man. No. No. Nope. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, we can guilty pleasures that bitch if you want. It is a guilty pleasure. I'm not defending it. It's in the same line as like that Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Yes. It's kind of like, man, I know this isn't great, but fucking Ben Affleck yeah. in this thing. You know, it's making me watch it. There's people that like it. I mean, there's people that like Electra. I thought Electra was all around bad, but there's a lot of people that like Electra. I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't like Electra in the new show at all. I don't remember how I felt oh, about her in the old one. Oh, that movie? No, I couldn't do it. Jennifer mm-hmm. Garner in that? No, I couldn't no. do that. But um, but yeah, <laughs> um, we're back with uh, television and movie premieres. Uh, this is going to be from Tuesday, December the 26th through Monday, January the first. 2018. 2018, baby. We're, we're done with the 2017. We're done, we're done with this shithole of a year. <laughs> we're done with you, bitch. Jesus Fuck Christ. Her, 2017. <laughs> if 2017 was a person, it'd be the person that everybody hates at school. Hmm? Yes. It'd be like, yes. yeah. Yep. It'd be like the kid that shot up the school. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess it's kind of 2017. Be it was yeah. such a bad year all around. Uh, 
they, not per like I say, I got to say the same thing as last thing last year. Mm. Is like personally, I had a great year, you know. <laughs> but but like for America and the it's world, just the worst is not great the for <laughs> the world. And yeah, personally, I had an okay time. Yeah. I didn't want to kill myself more than like three times. Yeah, that was nice. Hey, hell yeah, <laughs> sounds like a really sad statement. I mean, no, I mean it's better than the <laughs> six from last year. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely fucking correct. You cut that an, down in half. Like there's shit. an improvement. Yes, fifty percent less suicidal tendencies. <laughs> yeah. So I guess. Personally, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, but yeah, this is a Tuesday, December the 26th through Monday, January the 1st, 2018. The first is Friday, December the 29th. And I'm surprised that with both of both of us, like I might be a little more drunk. I don't know because I haven't eaten yet. That we've been able to get through. I haven't through. eaten either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been able to get through this pretty uh, seamlessly. Pretty smoothly, yeah. Besides the fact that we went on for an hour in the body without noticing. But I thought we still had a great conversation. <laughs> you know, I, I got to mention something. I think, you know, Asians, they got that Asian flush. What's thing the, no, where what? like they get red and they, oh, yes. and they get drunk really quickly because yeah. their body can't process alcohol as efficiently. Yeah. I have I'm pretty sure I have the brown version of that. I mean you are a little flush in the cheeks yeah, right here. A little yeah. flush in the cheeks. Yeah. And I get drunk really quickly now. That's pretty awesome. And it, it, it saves a lot of money. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. But like those three little shots, it's just like normally like to like a, I feel like a person that has eaten mm-hmm. and has a normal alcohol tolerance, they yep. just be like, Yeah, I just had three shots. Fifteen percent alcohol. It's mm. not a big deal. Not a big deal. But I'm just kind of like, fuck yeah, I'm having a good time, man. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like, I just, I, I have that thing. Yes. If I drink two whiskey sours, I'm right on the edge of tipsy. <laughs> so, nice. You know, doesn't take a lot to get me drunk. Mm. I'm an easy date. Same. Like I, but I, I take I take these things called charcoal pills, yeah. and charcoal it, it supposedly not it's supposed I mean it's what it does. Yeah. It um it soaks up um. What's the word that I'm looking for for like um, things that you don't want in your body? Dirty toxins? things, taha toxins. Yeah. It, it um the 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 charcoal soaks up any toxins that are in your body. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting there drinking alcohol all night and you take two or three charcoal pills, then it's like helping your liver out and just sucking up everything. Mm-hmm. So I can just drink as long as I want to. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> nice. But the the bad thing about it, if you do take these charcoal pills, and mm-hmm. I do suggest it to anybody that's listening, because it is awesome when you drink if you have to drink and you have to. If <laughs> when you take these charcoal pills. When you go to sleep at night, it's also going to like do the same thing with food. So you're going to shit a lot. everything. No. But yeah. I, I really shit a lot. So I don't mm. think I should take charcoal pills. Yeah, no. no. I, I shit an inordinate amount of times. How, how many times a day would you say you shit? It's like four. I shit, I shit two to three times a day. Yeah. At oh, least really? Two to three. No. I'm pretty regular. Yeah. No, it's four to five. Damn nice. I'm, 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 I'm a pooper. Hell yeah, me too. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, love the, I love the act of getting up from whatever you're doing mm. and then pooping. Because it is a break from whatever the fuck you're doing it that is. no one can question. I, I was at the hotel yesterday. Um, you know, we was in Wilmington, mm-hmm. and I took a shit, big major shit. And <laughs> I, there were, we, we were at um no no not not in the hotel. I'm sorry. We were at the battleship place. We were about mm-hmm. to go on the tour for the battleship, and I had to take the biggest poop. I go in there and I do my thing, and then I'm wiping and I finish. You ever you ever you ever finish and you wipe and you think you're finished, but mm-hmm. after you finish wiping, it was like no nope, round two. Yep. It's like as soon as you finish wiping, it's like your body immediately was like, oh, oh no, I'm not done. They got a whole nother round. You know, so I'm sitting there and I finish round two and I wipe up and everything. But I'm so accustomed to having those damn wet wipes yeah. that we have at the house that my butt just feels sticky and unfresh. And dirty, yep. Yes. Like how do you get your butt clean with dry ass paper when your poop is wet? You know what I'm saying? Like you can wipe off all the poop, but unless I have like a wet rag and it soap and water, clean. it's yeah. not clean. Yeah. It's not clean. I feel like most people just live through life sacrificing a certain amount of asshole cleanliness mm-hmm. until they get to their place. I guess so, yeah. I feel like that's how I operate. Yeah. Like, 
my asshole's pretty clean. Mm. I clean it pretty effectively. Yeah. But throughout the day, I definitely sacrifice mm. some asshole cleanliness for some day efficiency. You know what I'm saying? I understandable, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, it, yeah. Yeah. So, like, what, what are you doing in the bathroom for that for an hour and a half? Yeah, you don't want those conversations. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I had to, it, it, it takes a while. Yeah. I got to clean this shit. Yeah. You know? We uh we thankfully brought some uh some wet wipes with us. So yeah. when we got back to the the place, yeah. You're just anyway. like, oh my goodness. But uh but yeah, um Friday, December the 29th. That was a five minute uh, conversation. <laughs> uh, the first show is gonna be Bill Nye Saves the World. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Is that season two? Bill, Probably. Bill, 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 Bill Nye the Science Bill Nye. Guy. Hell yeah. Uh, it's gonna be a reality science show on Netflix. Nice. I had a I had a show similar to Bill Nye the Science Guys. Mm-hmm. That we didn't get Bill Nye back in Puerto Rico. Mr. Wizard? No, it was uh, Mr. Beekman. Was he? Beekman's f- World, sorry. Oh, Beekman's no, no, Big yeah, Big World. World. Yeah, yeah. That was the one that we got translated to Spanish back in Puerto Rico. Okay. So I was into that shit. I watched it religiously. Hell yeah. Fucking that like gorgeous redhead that worked with him. Yes. So good. Yeah, oh, I ain't got a good time. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about though. <laughs> yeah, she is so like, I looked her up recently. She's mm. still gorgeous. Yes. Oh, oh so, I hope so. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway. Uh, but that is that's Sorry, a Bill Nye saves the world. A science is awesome. That's gonna be Friday twenty December the 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing, the exact same day, bro. This is one of the very few shows that me and you both watch. No, really. Black Mirror. Oh fuck it, that comes out. That 29th. comes out Friday December mm. the 29th. Black Mirror is a drama sci-fi on Netflix. Six new episodes stream today, including ones directed by Jodie Foster, David Slade. Uh, John Hillcoat plus a feature length Star Trek spoof starring Jesse Plemons and whoa <laughs> son whoa whoa I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm overreacting a little bit that's my first time reading that no you're good I'm crazy into Star Trek I love Black Mirror like y'all are gonna mix some science fiction Star Trek shit in an hour long episode you're gonna have a good time fuck like I got a chubby right now <laughs> right now <laughs> sheesh it's like trying to it's like, I, I want to watch it. Yeezer. Yeah, that, no, that looks good. Ooh, well, that's, that's, that's Black Mirror, Friday, December the 29th, back on Netflix. Get that was that. one Black Mirror episode. There's always two or two or one episodes. You were episode three like, this past uh, season two. You were talking about the, the kid that was jacking off? No, no, no. no. Like, I, I watched like, I watched like, no, but like every season of Black Mirror, there's one or two episodes that I just can't watch. Uh, what, what was it uh, last season for you? It was... Uh, for some reason, the San Junipero one, like the the two, like the oh the two the, the, the 80s clouds, episode. yeah, the ladies, yeah, yeah that was in the eighties and yeah. whatever. For some reason, I started watching that episode, could not fucking get through it alone. Oh wow! And and I don't know what the fuck it was about it. Oh, it just it just made me so uncomfortable that I couldn't do it. I, Luis had to like sit down with me to watch that episode oh, <laughs> so I could watch it. That's really good because yeah. I have I just couldn't get through it. Yeah. Um. The. In the season one, it was like the black guy in the television show, the bikes, and he became like a television star. Oh yeah, like he went on a rant. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that was a great one too. Could not do that episode. Yeah, I I didn't watch the episode. I know what happened because of YouTube. Yeah, can't watch the fucking episode. Can't <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it. Um, the the second, the first one you're talking about, the San Jupiter episode, actually won uh, Emmys. Yeah, for that particular episode. Yeah, it was a really good episode. Yeah, <laughs> just couldn't fucking watch it by I myself. It. Yeah. There was just something about Black Mirror. There's certain episodes that I just get like, Ugh. oh, I, I get it. The the first episode of season, the last season with the ratings. Oh yeah, that was a great one. Too. That took me three hours to watch. 
because it was like, what if this was real? And then, you know, it was like, I, I guess you got putting yourself into the situation and then feeling judged about everyone around you. Feeling judged, feeling yeah. anxious about it, yeah. feeling like, ugh, I don't want to be this. Yeah. The fuck? I threw my phone away, like, in the couch. Just, mm. like, let's fucking die there. Like, I mean, you would be all right in that system. Like, you would be, like, mid-fours. Like, you're nice to everybody. You you laugh at jokes. You smile when you talk to people. Like, <laughs> like, like you acknowledge people around you. You have a very good rating. I guess I'd be okay. Yes, you'd be all right. I, I don't want the pressure. <laughs> like, I feel like immediately as someone uh, as soon as the pressure of that social rating being instituted yeah. I would fuck it up and just uh, be <laughs> just the awareness of it just would change like, how you yeah. interact from daily <laughs> someone telling me oh like you were nice today here's a four I was like fuck you I don't need your four get the fuck out of my life just I feel like that's exactly how I would react I can see that for problem with authority I don't need your fucking four telling me how I'm gonna live my fucking life Fuck well, you. Well, unfortunately, I guess you'll have to come hang out with me as a 1.5 then. That was Black, Black Mirror. A lot of energy in there. Uh, the next thing is going to be a Sunday, December the 31st. We have two specials coming out Sunday, December the 31st. Oh, really? Both of them by Dave Chappelle. Why is this with this guy releasing two specials at a time? They gave him $60 million. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. The uh, um, but what at least four. <laughs> yeah, they um, what happened? He said he had already he'd been gone for like ten years, you know, because yeah. of the Chappelle show or whatever. But he said he already had two specials already filmed, yeah. and when they gave him the sixty, fifty, however million dollars that he just gave them shit that he already had. You know, and then there was like, well, well, it's a five special deal, you know, so you still got to come up with a few more. It's like, all right, well, I'll just record two or three more, but I already got these, so take this. Okay. You know, so, so he made three and then just gave him two. He, yeah, yeah, he gave him those two. And now we're going to get to see uh, Dave Chappelle, The Bird Revelation, mm -hmm. which was supposedly something old before. And then Dave Chappelle, e Equanimity? I don't uh, know what that word means. What's equanimity means? mean? Uh, oh, I... Equanimity. equanimity. Oh, so that's equity, a, equanimity. All right, yeah, equanimity. All I right. think that's just like being the same. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm curious to see how the old stuff translates to now, because he had a little bit of trouble in the specialty film now. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's I don't, I don't know. Like I'm I'm back and forth. I think that Chappelle is fucking hilarious. Don't get wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. The um the first time I watched Dave Chappelle's uh, special, I'm trapped into 2016, 2017's politically correct climate of right. things that you can and can't say. And I listened to it, well, watched it, and I'm like, it seems like he has he's oblivious to the social climate, you know, oh, right now. But the thing, but after a, a watching it again, it's like. I come, I'm kind of okay with that. It's like, unless you're being offensive to people, if you're saying, I hate you because you're gay, that means you're a faggot. Yeah, you right. know, like that type of stuff. Like, no. But is he still saying things... I don't know. It's like the things that he was saying was wasn't offensive and hurtful. It just wasn't politically correct for our times. Right. You know? Which so is like, like... He the, had like joke about Manny Pacquiao... Uh, Manny Pacquiao being the the champ, it's like you, Manny Pacquiao isn't. Um, he said something about gay people. Um, Manny Pacquiao not liking uh, gay yeah, people. Yeah, because Manny like Pacquiao had a whole gay controversy, and he was just yeah. like, "That is not the guy that you want." Yeah, it's like <laughs> to fight for your like for, for your gay rights. And, and yeah. they, they, but then the joke went on explaining, like, "Okay, imagine the place where he's from, no. and this is the culture, you know." And then you have one man that's ab actually able to rise above it all, and mm. all of these men are championing him, and you know the the masculinity and the machismo, and they're all trying to embody that. So it's like anything that tries to deter, and you've probably dealt with it with your your culture and mine as well. Yeah. It's it's kind of dying a little bit now, but especially back in the day, it's like you had to be one hundred percent man 
and anything that was like slightly not masculine, oh, you're gay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you, know, you know, seriously. Yeah. So it's like that's where they are right now with Manny Pacquiao. You got to be the alpha male, the biggest manly man of men, yeah. or your, you know, your, your masculinity I, is questioned. I totally agree that him being oblivious to the social context is okay versus him being actively against it yes. you know what i'm saying or, or or catering to it yeah you know but yeah i um but yeah it was funny but that's that's dave Chappelle, sunday december the 31st two oh that's new year's eve oh, nice there you go new year's eve two netflix specials for dave Chappelle: the bird revelation and dave Chappelle equanimity netflix so uh, check that out but that is it for television cool uh we have a few movies uh let's see starting with all the money in the world it's a rated R, 132-minute runtime. It's a biography, crime, drama, mystery, thriller. has a 70 meta score, uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Yep. Stars Michelle Williams, Christopher Plummer, um, Matt Damon, and Romaine Dur... <laughs> it's not Matt Damon. <laughs> it's Mark Wahlberg. All right. <laughs> With the, uh, the story of a kidnapping of a 16-year-old girl and the desperate attempt of his devoted mother to convince his billionaire grandfather to pay the ransom. I mean, it's, it's Michelle Williams. Uh, she's my favorite uh, actress out there. So, I mean, I'll check that you out. You know the interesting thing about that movie? I think that's a movie that Kevin Spacey was meant to be in. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that, that is a movie Kevin Spacey was meant to be in. And then after the allegations, Ridley Scott uh, just got rid of him and yeah. then in, brought in Christopher Plummer to do all of the Kevin Spacey scenes in eight days. Yeah, I'm not going to see this movie then. No, no but the trailers, they, I saw the trailer with the Christopher Plummer version. Yeah. He's actually way more fitting than Kevin Spacey, and it actually looks really good. It really looks like the right intensity. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. I, that's that's hurting me to see the movie because like I think about things where I know the actor wasn't there, and mm-hmm. then that's all I'm thinking about is you're showing a one of the, the just them, and you know they're not actually interacting with another human. Well, being. they they brought in like like for whatever scene he was in, okay, they reshot right. that scene. Oh, it doesn't well. mean that it was just like his singles or whatever. Yeah, like I, I just yeah. like whatever scene Kevin Spacey was in. Yeah. They reshot that with Christopher Plummer, and it cost them $10 million to do it. Oh, well, if you're doing that, then yeah. all right, I'm going to check that out. Because, I mean, I love Michelle Williams. If yeah. you actually went to spend the money to do it right, yeah. then okay, yeah, I can fuck with you. But uh, it, w- it was a last minute, like a two months before the movie release. Okay, just had to reshoot all of that. It's kind of worth that $10 million, too. Oh, because if you spent $90 million of a movie that has Kevin Spacey in it, like you're not going to make $10 million back. Nope. <laughs> you know, Take him out, bring in the guy, then you might make your money back. So yeah, Absolutely. it's worth it. It looks, like, it looks like a really good movie. I'm into it. Okay, yeah. uh, next thing, Molly's Game. It's rated R, 140-minute runtime. It's a biography drama, 72 meta score, directed by Aaron Sorkin, uh, starring Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba and Kevin Costner and Michael Sarah. Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner, Michael Sarah, Idris Elba, and Jessica Chastain. It's huh. the, the true story of Molly Bloom, an Olympic-class skier who ran the world's most exclusive high-stakes poker game and became an FBI agent. Oh, I am into that. Hills, With yeah. Andy Sorkin? Uh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin so, wrote this. Did he wrote and directed? Yeah, he wrote and directed it. Then you know what that means. That everybody's going to be talking like this. What do you mean they're going to talk like this? Everybody's going to talk like this because they already know what the other person's going to say, so they already have a response to what they're saying. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Well, I guess it does. You know, that's you know, how they talk. Like, everyone is, already knows what the person is about to say and already has a rebuttal for the thing. It's like, what the fuck? But I, but I love it. I love it, I love it too. I got a flush. I got a straight flush. I got an A. It's just like right around the table. Yes. <laughs> love it. But, um, that's, uh, Waiter, give me a martini. Shake and not stirred? Yes. <laughs> 
this so fucking quick. I love that shit. I, lo- I love Andy Serkin's writing. And, and he gets he pulls it off. I don't does. know how he pulls it off, but he does. Like ten years from now, there's gonna be somebody shitting on that. It was Absolutely. Like, I mean, but anyway, whatever. But that's um that's 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 Molly's game. And last but not least, this is the biggest movie that's coming out this week and has been getting a lot of critical acclaim. It's a Phantom Thread. It's rated R, 130-minute runtime. It's a drama. has a 94 meta score. Set in 1950s London, Reynolds Woodcock is a renowned dressmaker who... Um, whose fastidious life is disrupted by a young, strong-willed woman who becomes his muse and lover. It's directed by Paul Tom- Thomas Anderson. Oh, nice. And uh, starring Vicky Cripps, I guess her name is, and Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. You know he does nothing but method. He's a good, he's a good actor. He does nothing but method. Yeah. Like, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to me, like, those type of method actors that get so into the character that it's not even Daniel Day-Lewis anymore. Yeah. I'm goddamn um, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you will address me as Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> you know, forever. Did you see the Jim and Andy documentary? Of course. We talked about yeah. it, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Fucking, uh, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. To me. Yes. That's, that's, and that's, that's Daniel Day-Lewis on mm. every movie he ever does. Every movie. Every single one, but he's an amazing actor. But he go, he's a <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what people put up with his bullshit. Yeah, that's that's why. I mean, we're gonna get a good performance out of him. Yep, he's Abraham Lincoln now. Yeah, for the next six months, that motherfucker's Abraham Lincoln. Yep, you call him in the morning, <laughs> everything. There's no such person as Daniel Day Lewis. As long as we're doing this movie, that's who that is. And they said he's done that in every movie, every movie. So you walk up to him and sat and you say, Thank you for freeing the slave, sir. And then you fucking go home and work. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> the goddamn Emancipation Proclamation. I tell you what. <laughs> That's, uh, that's it for television and movies. Fuck yeah. yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. I feel like we've talked we did for like it. three hours. We, we so. did that shit. Yeah, we, hell yeah, we did. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Watch uh, Shape of Water if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. That's going to be sexy. It's a yes. sexy movie. I've seen uh, Disaster Artist. I think I said that already. Yeah, it today. Disaster yeah. Artist. Nice. Yeah. All right, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on the 100th episode. We genuinely appreciate it. It's a, it's a good amount of support that we get from you guys. Mm-hmm. We love doing the show. 100 episodes. We'll be around for 100 more. You can find us on Twitter, underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast app, Google Play Music, and Stitcher, under the name for film's sake. And at Facebook, at the FFS Podcast. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archia. I'm at THA underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And oh, if, if, um, if you guys are on Twitter and you follow us on Twitter and there's movies that you guys are liking and you would like to review, interact with us. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we'll, we'll definitely take it into consideration. Not Send saying that we'll shit. do it. <laughs> we might not necessarily do it because maybe your opinion is full of shit. But, but <laughs> we appreciate the interaction and we might do it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, we really might. Um. I feel like I was going to say another thing. Oh, in this particular episode, since we did sort of a contrast of Terminator 1 versus 2, yeah. uh, if you, you're welcome to share your opinion on which movie is better in your eyes. Oh, God, that will be a landslide. Oh, yeah. There's no one that's saying Terminator 1 is better than Terminator 2. I'm curious. Like, maybe. Like, may, the only people I could see saying that is like writers or like older people. But like, like seriously, yeah. you know, because the, the the second one is way more entertaining, yeah. and it's like when you go to like a, a layman. Well, damn, we're fucking not layman. We're 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 like layman, yeah. professional almost now. I guess. Like, how, yeah. like, at what point do you call yourself a critic? I mean, like, like how, how many years. like how many movies do you have to watch and document with proof before you can say that you can professionally do that? I guarantee you, 
that that number is a lot lower than you think based on the shit that I read online. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. So it's like to to a layman, it's like they say good movies are good based on their enjoyment of it. Right. You know, they don't have a criteria, a checklist of these different things. They're not looking for that. They're looking to have fun. And if they had fun, then it's good. Do you know what? I'm going to mark today as the episode that we're going to call ourselves professional critics. Yes, we are. Because we, we broke that shit down and we did it on fucking point. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Professional critics now. More than a hundred movies we've done this to document it. And like not even to suck our own dicks, but it's just true. It's a goddamn fact. We we have. (laughs) You know? I feel like we can suck our dicks based on fact. A little bit. (laughs) 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 A little bit we can. Shit. Like what the fuck is? I mean, it's not like that. It's that big of a thing. Like we're not like yeah. bringing in millions of dollars or anything like that. But it's just let's speak truth to the fact of something that we have accomplished and yeah. we have done. We like, have we don't, watched an enormous amount of movies. We don't, like we don't have to wait on somebody that's seen thirty movies and documented to tell us that we're goddamn film critics. Yeah. Like we are. Film we critics. are. So fuck yeah. <laughs> Suck our dicks, film critics. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, bye. <laughs> Another episode. <laughs>